Podwood forecast where we talk about really dicey subjects and today we're going to talk about we're going to give our thoughts on nepotism mitchell what are your thoughts on nepotism it's awesome in in hollywood uh it's awesome (laughs) it's inevitable and uh it's probably the only way to really get into hollywood so too bad Yep, I honestly like legitimately agree <laughs> yeah, with you. Kinda. All right, kinda, yeah. Moving on. Wow, everything you is... cannot get anywhere in Hollywood without connections. I feel like it's a thing that happens. Unless you're just so talented that they bow down to your talent and beg you to make them a movie. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't even actually really trying to start like a, a, a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a actual serious conversation, but like I was like it'd be while f- we're talking about it, I, I was guess. like it'd be funny to reply seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I kind of agree with you. I don't know why everyone was so upset. It just happens. I mean, like I get upset when like the person is not good at acting, and it's like it's clear the only reason they're in the industry is because it's like of their nepotism. dad was a screenwriter, or something right? Like, yeah. yeah, but that doesn't mean that it's like inherently bad. Yeah, but yeah. Anyways, sorry. After Earth, for example, <laughs> amazing movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. M Night Shyamalan is it's such his a best talented movie. director. <laughs> I love M Night, but you're his fan. After Earth is just not. After Earth, it's not it, son. It's After Earth. That's Will. That's a Will Smith movie, though. He basically made that movie. True, but know. also Last Airbender. He just forced M Night to sit on a chair behind the <laughs> camera and say action. Poor M. Night. And Last Airbender was a studio-mandated Nickelodeon movie. <laughs> I'll never You know what? Of. If that were true, then M. Night Shyamalan... If that were true about the Will Smith thing, after, like, Will Smith got Will canceled, Smith that, so much that would have been the perfect movie. time for M. Night to, like, make some sort of tweet and be like, hey, so uh, Afterworth was... That was all Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. So now that everyone hates him... Uh, it was nah, he <laughs> he just he just accepts his mistakes because he's awesome. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I did that. I'm sorry. He's a great guy. Ugh. Who puts himself in movies? Yeah, scripts. Okay, he's so anyways, so what we're actually going to be talking about today, and we're not going to get into it yet, but you guys all know it's obligatory. We're we're doing uh, what I'm sure. You know, I've I've tried to look around. Uh, Everyone. No one's really talking about these movies. Yeah. The whole Barbenheimer movement. Like, once those movies came out, people stopped talking about them. Yeah. So we're going to be your only source. We have to we about. have to spread the word because no one no one is aware. And yes. it's sad how little attention these movies got. <laughs> yeah. These independent. And it's films. our job to save them. <laughs> Such un- <laughs> we got to save them. We have to save movies. To, Meanwhile, the need... Flash made like five billion dollars. It's like the number one grossest, highest grossing movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's, grossest movie it's ever. The number one DC movie of all time. And I actually, I actually do want to talk about the state of the box office whenever we get around to it. 
the state of the box office. It's, at, it's really fascinating what movies are flopping and what movies are not right now. Oh, yeah. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. You had, like, Indiana Like, The Flash Jones. is the most, is, like, the biggest bomb Warner Bros. has ever had. Like, legitimately. And, like, the movie, I mean, it's a controversial movie for some reason, but, like, Sound of Freedom did better than Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones <laughs> bombed. Uh, the Flash bombed. But then stuff, like... Spider Verse is making profit, uh, and like Barbie and Oppenheimer, and those I mean Spider Verse is like kind of predictable, though. Yeah, three, but, but it, it's I mean Spider Verse, it's a superhero movie, but it's also like an artistically crafted like animation. Yeah, so it's it's just it's weird that the stuff that usually took over the box office and made it and made all the money is kind of flopping right now. And it's like everyone championed behind like Barbie and Oppenheimer, two opposite movies that usually people would just gatekeep and like fight over which one's better and stuff. But like everyone just was like, no, go see both. And they made it a thing and they, mm-hmm. uh, Oppenheimer made more has made more than Inception now. It's his highest grossing non Batman. Oh movie. really? Yeah. Oh, it's wow. his highest grossing non Batman movie I did ever. Not know that. And wow, Barbie that's great. like passed a billion dollars. <laughs> it's just cool. That's crazy. It's just cool that like movies like this. That's what's doing well right now. It's, movies it's, are so cool. Man. It's very. I don't know. Barbenheimer. I wish they were real. Whatever. Rather you like both, neither, or one or the other. I, I just think the Barbenheimer thing was a very like. Is a good. It's very reju- It was a very rejuvenating vibe for movies. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just everyone being really excited for like two movies that wasn't like Avengers, right? Or the Flash. It was just, and and they both yeah. made like a crap ton of money. Yeah, I just think that's so cool. I, don't know, I like that. And now people are like trying to capitalize off of that, like the whole Saw Patrol thing. Yeah, it's like all right. It's like for those of you who don't know. Uh, the new Saw movie and the new Paw Patrol movie. So dumb. They tried to make that a thing with like yeah. the Barbenheimer, like on social media. Yeah, They're it's like, like any anytime two tickets to Saw Patrol. It's whatever. like now anytime two movies come out close to each other, everyone's gonna try to force a Barbenheimer type oh, thing. Hey Watson. Hey. I didn't hear you. Maybe maybe the Barbenheimer type thing could happen again down the road, but I feel like. I don't know. I feel like any time that happens now, it's gonna feel so forced. Yeah, like it, it, it was it such a. Wa- and I'm glad I got to. See, I'm glad I finally saw Oppenheimer in theaters before it left because I would have been mad if I missed. Yeah, it. I like, made you. If I missed out on Barbenheimer, I would have been mad. Yeah, it's like I can't not see both of these in the theater. So. I was waiting for you to see it, and I'm like, okay, hey, hey, Watson, stay. He's hey. looking. He's looking for bats. <laughs> yeah, bats. There's actually a, a mouse trap over there. Just and I don't want him to get his poor little nose Aww, snapped. Yeah. It won't kill him, but yeah. it would hurt. <laughs> it would hurt. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. There, we've had bat problems up here. <laughs> so, give us money so we can pay for a studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, the Barbenheimer thing is something that like has never happened before and probably could never happen again. Yeah. So, it, it was. Just, it has to don't be like force organic it Hollywood. and like. It was, it was kind of like a meme, and people were like, that's really funny. You know, yeah. this is very, like, natural how it happened. And then everyone was like, I don't know, all this stuff. of Like, I think 
the first thing I saw that like went really viral was the shirt that was like split down the middle and one was one half was black, one was pink, and it said Barbenheimer. <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh man, like imagine going to see these movies back to back," and it just formed yeah. into this thing. And I feel like that genuinely is a big reason why both made so much money. Well, it was the fact that they were both being released like literally on the same day. Yeah. So people started making jokes about that, and they were making jokes that like, oh, like the the big movie bros are going to actually go see Barbie, you know? Yeah. It'll, yeah. It'll be like a picture of like the characters, the cast from the Sopranos. It'd be yeah. like four tickets to Barbie, please. Yeah. It's just, it's so funny. And it's, it's just like a delightful vibe. And cause usually something like that would happen. It's like all the Barbie fans would be like, tr- I don't know, trashing on Oppenheimer vice versa. But yeah, I don't know. It was, it's just cool. It was fun. And, I like that it was about movies made by directors who are like pretty passionate filmmakers and have made yeah. interesting movies. They're and not hacks. Yeah, it's like they're not making like a big. I mean, Barbie. It's like it's a Mattel. It's like a toy property. Like you know, it kind of. But it's also like it's the Barbie movie. You know, but yeah, it's made by Greta Gerwig, and it's just. I mean, and there's been like dozens of. Barbie it's movies. kind of like a Lego movie thing where it's like I feel like it should feel like a sellout like trash movie, but it, it's kind of not. Yeah, know. because like yeah, there's there's been dozens of Barbie movies before, but those were like the Just actual like, yeah, yeah, corny you know animated. like franchise kind of movies. But it's this like a was Barbie movie made for like teenagers instead of like five year olds, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, we'll get into that. I guess we talked about the Barbenheimer. That's our movement. pregame. Yeah, it's our pregame. We do have some uh, some uh, housekeeping to Ooh. get to. So um, we got a couple questions <gasps> today. We actually, yeah, we actually have more than one. I'm scared. <laughs> so uh, the first one is actually more uh, addressed to myself. So wow. sorry, Mitchell. Um, but this one comes from Adam Banks, and he asks, "Did you get the computer and tech stuff resolved yet?" No. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. I, I put up a whole update uh, on my YouTube channel, uh, but I, I do have some further news from that. So, for those of you who don't know, the computer that I've been using for uh, a few years now quit on me, and I wanted to try to get it fixed or at least get my data uh, recovered from it, you know, to get all the stuff all my old projects on there that I've been working on and um, place. I took it in, they got it started because it was a hard drive thing. So they're like, we got you a new hard drive. We can't recover the data for you, but here's a place that can, that you can send it into. And I got a hold of them and they're like, yeah, it's going to be probably around like 900 bucks. Whoa. What the heck? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, no data backup was that intense. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't know if it's because of the size of my hard drive, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I mean, like, you do have like years of stuff on there. It's probably a pretty intense. Maybe it is like a lot. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I don't two, know that works. two terabytes or whatever. I don't even know uh, how to yeah, talk. Okay. But anyways, I was like 900 bucks and I looked into it and a MacBook Air M1 costs like a thousand. And I'm like, I'd rather take that money and put it towards a new computer and do the recovery later when I feel like that I can, you know, yeah, I can spare that money. 
But like, I really wanted to get a new laptop so that I can, you know, get started again, be more active on YouTube and such. I was able to use my old laptop for our recent episodes, but, but now you get, this is the first official episode with my new MacBook Air M1. I'm sure you guys can, you can tell the difference listening to this right now. The audio is so much better, I'm sure, but uh, no, not, not so much, but, but yeah, so I've got the new laptop and I'm going to get started on. Uh, some new projects and try to get uh, my other podcast and live stream the I'm Clifford Today show, get that up and running again um, as soon as I can. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. My priority right now is to get a new car. So once I get that, I'll get some, I'll get some money together to try and recover the data. Nice. Cause I had some videos that I had been working on. There was the, John James from the Newsboys documentary I'd been working on and a lot of music I was working on too. And oh, I don't... yeah, that's like all locked right now. Yeah. Man, that sucks. Like all the songs that I'd been working on for a new Sherwood Forest EP, that's that's all on there. You didn't have anything like saved like on a cloud? Drive. No, because I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's fine. And I don't do that. I don't think of doing that. That's okay. The cloud's annoying. I don't blame you. Yeah, but... One of these days, I'll get that all back. Just not yet. So yeah, yeah. So there'll be more about that. Um, on to the next question. This next question comes from Nicholas Gundy. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, he asks, "What's an underrated music artist people should know you haven't talked about yet?" Hmm. Nick, I feel like you've asked this question before, but whatever. It's always a good question. <laughs> it always, is a good question, especially if we found artist. like if we've gotten into like new stuff. Yeah. Lately, any anyone come to mind, Mitchell? Um, I've been really enjoying. I don't know if they're like underrated. I don't feel like they're like super popular. Let me look. The Beatles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll go with Rat Boys. I'm looking at their Spotify now, and um, yeah, their like most popular song is like Two Million, hmm. and like their new album. I'm looking at the plays; it's like under a hundred thousand. I like, mean, they're not yeah. like insanely popular. Sometimes, but they're pretty. Some... They're pretty popular. They're like indie. There's you know? some artists out there that are still like pretty underground, but like a single or two like does really well on the yeah, Spotify. But they just um, had a new algorithms. album come out called the window. And it's like probably one of my favorites of the year. I just, I think the rat boys is really cool. Um, I feel like you have mentioned them before. I don't know if it was on the podcast. Or I not, probably did like, a f- yeah, like a while ago. I, I'm sure I mentioned them at some point. Yeah. I've been kind of digging fruit bats lately too. Fruit bats. bats. Oh, okay. Fruit bats. I, I they've come up in my Spotify radio, and I, every time one of their songs showed up, I was like, "Man, that, that's groovy." But they're way more. They have like f- songs with like forty million plays. But I, I yeah, I'm familiar with them. But they've been cool. I don't know if they'd be underrated. Humbug um, Mountain song. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I think the lead singer also has his own solo project. But I I'm think not so, sure. Yeah. I could be wrong. And then let me check one other thing. While you're checking that, I've I've just dis- recently discovered this uh, new hip hop guy. I think he's like popular on TikTok, uh, but his name's Rav. 
And he's like this younger guy. I haven't listened to all of his music, but he's pretty talented. Nice. And he, he's like everything that I like about hip hop. And uh, he's just really fun. My favorite song so far is uh, Time Tested. Nice. That's a good one. What about you? Did you have another one? Uh, last one I was going to mention, um, they're relatively like, you know, they get like a million streams. They have like some okay hits, but I, w- I still would say they're like, you know, they have like less than 80,000 monthly listeners. They're still yeah. like, they're kind of popular, but yeah, I wouldn't say they're yeah. famous. But Deep Sea Diver, I discovered mm-hmm. them because they opened up for Death Cab for Cutie. And they're really awesome. So, yeah, but I feel like Rap Boys might be the most low-key of them all. Um, Mm. I'm not exactly so underground. I'm suggesting anyone that has, like, 10 monthly listeners or anything. (laughs) But uh, I'd probably say Rap Boys is my favorite of those that I mentioned. They're really cool. Sure. So I like them a lot. Um, I've been getting into... uh, There's, like, some older artists, like, retro stuff. But I'll give them some... I'll give them the spotlight. Uh, there's a band that I've been kind of getting into lately called The Call. They were very popular. Well, they they were more active around in the 80s, and they had like a couple of radio hits, but they never really like blew up. But uh, I've been getting into them mostly. Their big hits are uh, Let the Day Begin and uh, I Still Believe. You know, it's just some really good uh, 80s anthem rock. Um, so if you're into that, I would uh, I would highly recommend them. It's they're called the Call. I guess uh, something else that I've never really mentioned on the show. There's uh, for those of you who have an interest in like folk music and like real folk music, like Irish folk music. Um, there's a couple artists that I appreciate: Andy Irvine and Paul Brady. And those two guys once made an album in the 70s that is actually my favorite folk album of all time, like Irish folk album. And it's just self-titled. It's just Andy Irvine and Paul Brady. It's it's just a really great, just down-to-the-roots Irish folk album. And it has one of my favorite songs of all time, Arthur McBride. And uh, it's just... It's really good. It was recorded in the 70s, and I only just recently actually got that album on vinyl. Uh, for years, it was a vinyl copy of that album was like super rare, hmm. and they finally just recently like did a re-release of it, and uh, I was so excited, and, and I have it, and uh, it's great. It's just a really great folk music. And they're really talented. Andy Irvine is a talented mandolin player, and I don't know if Paul how much Paul Brady plays, but he's also just a really good singer. Yeah. And they they both uh, they're both a, a great duo, so um, th- I would recommend that uh, Paul Paul Andy Irvine and Paul Brady just look them up, and that album will come up. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Lady Moon, I've been listening to. Uh, Mitchell, you you remember a, a certain group that you and I saw live called Shell? Yeah, right? yeah. So Shell has been like on indefinite hiatus, sorta. Oh right. Um, but the lead singer, the lead girl, Shell was like a a sister group of like four women, and 
they had an interesting blend of like pop and folk. And Lady Moon, the lead, the like lead girl singer, she's now doing solo stuff under the name Lady Moon. And mm. she just came out with her first self-titled album. And uh, it's really good. It's nice. really it's really pretty. She's got a pretty voice and uh, great melodies and everything. So um, yeah, noise. I feel like everyone else I've already just talked about on the show. So I was doing my best to pick ones that I hadn't before. I'll name drop Sunset Roller Coaster too because I I mentioned their EP. I mean they have like a million monthly listeners, but. Um, they're from Taipei, so not all their stuff's Taipei. English, but um, the Jinji Kiko is like a really good EP. Um, they have some really, they, they're just like very like vibey, groovy, like kind of jazz fusion, synth pop mm-hmm. type stuff. They did a, they did a song with Adoy, A-D-O-Y, I don't know if I'm Adoy. pronouncing that right, but, um, <laughs> but they are from Seoul. They're kind of a... Uh, like synth indie pop and they did a song with them that was super good and Adoy they have like 360,000 monthly listeners so they're a lot less popular but uh, you go if you go to their Spotify page ADOY I mean a lot of their album art has like just anime characters for their nice. album art like their faces but the music's like really groovy and chill and I listened to the Us EP and that's when Sunset Roller Coaster Us. was on and it's just really good their stuff's it's just a groove I really like it hmm. um, so yeah Adoy and Sunset Roller Coaster I'll mention them too so because I, I uh, ever since like you brought up I remember we did like a f- kind of a retrospective on some of our older stuff and you mentioned how I was Oh when, yeah, when that's the, where that's the, where the, I recognize the name. Yeah, from that episode. I mentioned the my Jinji song and like that EP. I was like really obsessed with, and I like, forgot about them. And whenever you brought that up, I looked them up again and listened to more of their stuff. And they're really good. I, like, I love them. So nice. They're they're chill. Cool. Peter Gabriel has an album called Us. Ooh. He should sue them. No sunset roller coaster. Sue him. <laughs> Cool. Well, I hope that answers your question, Nick. Thank you for such a a, a great question. Thanks for a, like a music related question. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. If you guys have any questions that you guys would like us to spend time talking about, you can go to our Facebook uh, group, the Podwood Forecast Community. You can just join. It's open for anyone to join. And after every episode, will always be like a pinned post uh, that I make where you can like comment a question on there. It can be about anything at all, and we'll do our best to answer it. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's it. We got like seven minutes before we're at thirty minutes. So. What have you been? Uh, what have you been watching or playing or listening to lately? Uh, <laughs> what you been doing? Lately? So so much. Um, hmm. I've been. What have I been listening to? Well, I mentioned in the last episode I've been listening to a lot of Talking Heads. Oh I, yeah. I still I still am. Nice. Um, I'm. Oh, I'm so excited because um, their live movie. Their live uh, film, uh, Stop Making Sense, yeah. is getting a 4K release. That's I heard that's like an incredible movie. I need it's to watch so it. It's so good. Yeah. Like I I watched it 
like last year not really knowing anything about talking heads like yeah. maybe one or two songs and i loved it yeah like, this is it's like probably the best live film i've ever seen that's what everyone says yeah i really want to watch it. yeah a live concert mm-hmm. film whatever um but yeah it's getting a 4k release and it's supposed to be like in theaters too yeah and so i hope that it's Somewhere local. That'd be cool. Like I want to see it. Like maybe at least in a normal theater. I don't know if they yeah. have if they play. 4K I could see them films. Some. Probably not. I don't know. But I don't know. But I would totally like. It, I'm sure. I would totally take you to that. I think that you would really enjoy it. Yeah, that'd be fun. So, um, yeah, a lot of talking heads and such a bunch of different music. Nice. Um, listening to a lot of. PD, I've mentioned him before. He's, yeah, yeah. He's got a new album that's coming out, and uh, he's got some really great singles, and so I'm really excited for this new album. Also, I've been reading a lot, actually. I could yeah. mention that. I finished, like, two books this month, and I'm currently trying to finish uh, reading Lord of the Rings. Oh, nice. Um, so I can finally say that I, I read all of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I'm like halfway through it. But I also, I finished my Chaos book, the book about Charles Manson. Yeah. I finished uh, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. And it, I, I don't know. I've just been really motivated to like read more. And I've got like a, I've been using Goodreads, which is kind of like the yeah. the letterboxed of books. I made one a while ago and I just like, I just keep forgetting to like look at it. Yeah. yeah. I, I started, I like got an account like years ago and I started using it again because it's a good way to keep track of what you're doing. Yeah. And that's kind of like what helps keep me motivated to keep reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. That's that's what I, I've I've got like a 2023 goal of reading 10 books this year. Nice. So we'll see how that goes. So very yeah. good. What I about co- you? I have a couple of books I haven't gotten around to reading yet, so I'll talk about those when I get to them. Um, I'm yeah. looking to start reading a lot of Thomas Pinkin. So like uh, I want to read like The Crying of Lot 49 and Gravity's Rainbow. There's a book called The Stranger. I'm wanting to read. I've lost stuff on the reading plate, but I've been so distracted with like games because it's been such like a video game centric year for me, like with releases mm-hmm. that are just really up my alley. But um, I've I've watched a lot of TV lately and games, so I finished watching the entirety of Gilmore Girls with Abby. Oh yeah. Um, and we watched the revival series that they did on Netflix a while ago too. Mm. Um, that show is very comfy. Um some of the characters are insufferable by the end of it, but it's, it's a very like cozy show. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I really was like super obsessed with it until the end. Like it was just, like, I couldn't stop watching it. It was a really, really charming show. Um, even if it was pretty grating sometimes. Yeah. Um, but like lots of good music, just really well made, well shot. Like whoever writes and like makes that shake and tell they're just like film buffs and just appreciate like really good movies. I mean, they make references all the time and the main characters are like, like uh, just film geeks and stuff you know it's it's cool it's a vibe it's a very cozy show um so sure. i finished that the revival was like okay it was kind of frustrating sometimes but it was had some legitimately insane emotional moments i really liked it yeah um, i i have not watched it but my sister loves it and yeah. when i saw your review on letterbox i replied to that too i, yeah. I read it the whole thing to her because i knew that she yeah. would enjoy it <laughs> 
And uh, we all hate Logan. Uh, Jess deserved better. Rory's annoying by the end of the show, and even worse in the revival. She's just <laughs> evil. They make Rory's. I'm like, I think the people who make the show wanted everyone to hate Rory. And she's like one of the titular Gilmore girls. Top ten anime villains of all time. But but yeah, it's a it's a good show. I don't know. So if I watched I'll ever that. Watch it, um, no, I don't know if it'd be up your alley. <laughs> I liked it though. I uh, I'm getting Abby to watch Last Airbender, and we're on season three now. Oh, nice! She's like really into it, and oh man, uh, we if were getting I... near the end of season two, like you know when all the stuff starts going down, and like, I can't remember do... like what spoilers, happens in what but like season, the end but... of season two when Aang gets shot with lightning, and they take Bossing Say, and like he's like dead. <sighs> so we were like near the end of that, and I started stopping. She's like, "You cannot! I'm so stressed out. I need to finish this tonight." <laughs> yeah. Um, so it reminds me into... of me when I got into it. So I'm like, "Why do I care three. so much about this cartoon?" It's so I'm like rewatching. I'm like, "Man, this show still just slaps so hard. It's so good." <laughs> it slaps. Um, but yeah, so I'm rewatching Last Airbender. I need to get that on Blu-ray because I can't watch it on Netflix. But I would I have totally it on want Blu-ray, to rewatch yeah. it. Um, they have like a. Uh, Last Airbender and Korra like dual collection thing that's pretty good. I want to re- yeah. I want to watch Korra again and give that a sh- another shot because I like it. I still I just, need to I watch it. Seen it. It's it's worth watching. It's good. It, it's not as tightly made as Last Airbender, but it's still good. It's super worth right. watching. So I might watch that after. Um, and then um, I've been playing through a lot of Final Fantasy and like Kingdom Hearts again. I showed Abby Kingdom Hearts stuff and she's like, yeah. "You need to play it." So I played through one and two recently for her, and she's, like, super invested now. Yeah. We're, like, making fun of it and ripping on it the whole time, but I'm like, man, these games are so fun and charming. And I'm on I'm on three right now, which is interesting, because I haven't played three. That's the newest one that mm. came out, of like, in 2019 or something. Three? And that one I but really... But there's, like, 20 of them. Yeah, but this one's called three. Oh, and there was, okay. like, there was, like, five spinoffs that were on, like, handheld systems, but they were all, like, permeate, like, very important to the story right. so if you went from two to three and you didn't play any of the like games that were on like psp or 3ds and they put them all in a collection on ps4 so it's easy to play right. but if you skipped all those and went to three like the story would make no sense it'd be like what what happened so what happened so I, I it's weird because i had a weird relationship with three when it came out because i i grew up on kingdom hearts I, I have a very soft spot for the series and one is like one of my favorite games ever made and two but I wasn't crazy for three when it came out and I was a little disappointed with it, but replaying it, I'm kind of coming around on it. I, I like played some of the spinoffs. I, I had played them before, but I never finished the 3DS one called Dream Drop Distance, which was apparently the most important one to play. Mm. So I like kind of looked up the story on that one and I like, understand just, like, what's watch going a playthrough on. of it. Yeah, I just, I just got a rundown of the story for the games I didn't fully play, which was really only like recoded and Dream Drop Distance. I played all the others. Um, Hmm. I played like half of Dream Drop Distance when it came out and gave up because I got like stuck and just stopped playing it. And then so I just had no idea what was happening. But yeah. anyways, I'm rambling. But <laughs> I, I looked it up. The story makes sense. I'm in three and I just there's a couple things I'm still have issues with. But I'm like, man, I'm kind of turning around on three. I kind of think it's a dope game. It's pretty um, dope. I still like one and two way dope. more, but it's it's cool. Like I'm not a hater at all anymore for it. I'm kind of enjoying it a lot, actually. So, well, good. so well, yeah, replaying Kingdom Hearts three, finished uh, Gilmore Girls, rewatching. Got a lot Bender. going on in your I'm life. in my 15 year old arc right now. <laughs> I'm just living it up. So. You need to help me with. Plus, uh, Kingdom Hearts four is coming out, and I'm super interested in it. So I'm like, I, I just, I can't. I need to get back. I need to get into it. So. Yeah, 
It's going to be stupid. It's going to suck, and I'm going to love it. <laughs> They're all stupid. Kingdom Hearts <laughs> is like the closest thing that video games have to David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Uh, I don't know. There's a deadly premonition, and that's like a direct like knockoff of yeah, but that's um, like that's like intentional. Freaking yeah, that's like trying to be Twin Peaks. So like this Twin is the Peaks, this yeah. is the only thing that's like very naturally just like absurd and dumb. Yeah, it's kind of, I'm joke. I'm half joking, like not <laughs> literally, but but I actually secretly love it. Kingdom Hearts is such a stupid cool series i love it you need to help me with elden ring yeah and i'm sorry i know i should be playing bloodborne i wonder can the ps4 and ps5 versions play together online yeah elden ring is cool because you can um as far as i know because uh i would assume so because my friend PSN. matt martin was trying to get us to like play together yeah playing online um, on elden ring just, is super cool because you can just kind of run around the world together i just don't know what i'm doing because like i'm that's, trying to like that's avoid... kind of the point in a way yeah. like you want to just explore <laughs> until you find stuff i need armor because i keep dying yeah it's very, <laughs> if a place is too hard to just like go somewhere else it's but kinda, now i'm at a point where like i'm at that uh like pass through the mountains with that big monster guy and i'm like do i but the place i need to get to yeah. is right to here what do I do? But you know, it's tough. You'll you'll help me. Someday. It's a hard game yeah. for sure. But you can. It's it's. And I still it's need the to from software board. game. <laughs> I, I would say it's the beginning of the game is the hardest, and it honestly becomes one of the easiest FromSoft games in my opinion. Yeah, that's what it looks like whenever I except watch. for one boss. There's a couple bosses where I almost threw my controller, but um, <laughs> Elden Ring's cool. It's just Breath of the Wild except uh, painful. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish that I had like a Nintendo Switch because I would love They're to cheap. play. You can get either it. Breath of the Wild or um, to the new one. I mean, if you get one, I would let you borrow. Like, you could just buy a Switch, and I would let you borrow like any game. You know, buddy, got money for that. Yeah. <laughs> Someday when you I have get a my light, you can get, get the you can just get the handheld one, and it's like two hundred bucks. Oh, you can just buy that. There's a Switch Lite. It's called the Switch Lite, and you can't. It, it doesn't have a dock, so you can't use it on a TV. But oh. it's like just a handheld. But I would want the TV. Yeah, one, but the Switch with the dock, like for the TV, that's like three hundred. They're they're pretty cheap, honestly. You can mm. get a used one. I bet you could find a used one at like Mega Replay for two fifty or something. Two fifty. They're really Nintendo makes pretty cheap consoles. Like this, I would honestly, I think the Switch is the best modern system easily. The PS5 is cool, but I've only oh, used dear. it to play, like, PS4 games. <laughs> yeah. The PS5 has, like, a couple... I've only played, like, two games that were specifically made for the PS5. Everything mm. else I've played on it is just, like, a PS4 game, but it just <laughs> runs better because it's, like, a PS4 Pro. It was, yeah. like, it was like not worth the money, but I've used it, so whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's it kind of sucks. Maybe one of these days, the Switch when I, rocks, man. You can just lay in bed and play it. It's sick. Yeah, one of these days when I like spend money on the things that I should be spending money on. Yeah, I'll be like, yeah, I'll get a Switch. If you ever get one, I'll just don't buy games because Switch games never freaking go down in price. So I'll just let you borrow whatever you want. Okay. I, have, I have both the Zelda games. I have Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild. All so. two of them. Yeah. Yeah. One of these days. I'll let you know. Do Thanks it. for the offer. You're welcome. Cool. I want a Nintendo pill you. <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> yeah. rocks, man. They're the best. Red and white pill me. Yeah. That's the colors. <laughs> it's like red and white, right? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of their color scheme. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of the geeky, nerdy crap. Yeah. Um, we're going to go into a break, and we're going to talk about... 
best two movies of all time. Oppenheimer and Barbie. I was like, I was like, but the Lord of the Rings is three movies. No, <laughs> these are better. That's true. Greta Gerwig is the new Pete Jackson. That's so true. <laughs> all right, don't go away. We'll be right back. Oh, me and my cousin wanna thermite for right as we went to walking down by the seaside. Now, Marco, what followed and what did be tied for it being on Christmas morning? Hey, guys. Clifford here. Mitchell isn't here currently, so I'm joined by A.I. Mitchell, and we wanted to tell you a little story. Isn't that right, A.I. Mitchell? That's totally right, my best friend Clifford. When we started this podcast a few years ago, one of the coolest things was being able to read the reviews that our listeners left us. It was so encouraging and exciting to see the feedback. Yeah, it was a super cool time. However, I learned that when you go to Apple Podcasts to look at your reviews, it only shows you reviews from people in your own region. So, like, the only reviews that would show up were people that lived in the U.S. Wow, that's crazy and kind of silly. That's when I learned about my podcast reviews. They allow you to read reviews from people from anywhere in the world. When I signed us up, I saw reviews from people I had never seen before from different parts of the world. It was so cool to see that people from different countries were enjoying our podcast. Hello, everyone from Germany. And so... Years later, we have now partnered with My Podcast Reviews and are spreading the word. If you have a podcast, sign up now with our affiliate link in the episode description and sign up for their seven-day free trial. You'll never miss another review again. Your listeners will love hearing their names and reviews shared in your podcast, and it's so easy for you. Just add your podcast, or all of them, and they do all the rest. No more checking all 175 Apple Podcast regions and other apps. No more screenshots. They send the reviews to you in text you can easily copy and with shareable links for every review. Again, go to our affiliate link in the episode description and sign up for my podcast reviews today. Anything else to say, A.I. Mitchell? I think that you are to say happy for me and the whole family. Okay, it looks like A.I. Mitchell is getting a little confused. Gonna have to put him to bed. Good night at Nick at Night. <coughs> it's a sustainable building practice how is it sustainable if you're killing trees because it's regenerative you can grow trees right well you can you can grow all sorts of things can't you well you can't grow concrete you can see you cameron cheerio let's get down to business Let's do it. The topic that the whole world is talking about. Um, what do we want to start with first? Which one? Let's do Barbie first, because mm. that's first in the Barbenheimer name. That's true. Just, it just makes sense. Ladies first. It has to escalate. Yeah. Barbie to Oppenheimer. Just feels right. That feels yeah. like left to right. Oppenheimer to Barbie feels like <laughs> backwards for some reason. It's like liberals versus conservatives. It's like it's not open Arby, it's Barbenheimer. 
I think I like that better. Open RV? <laughs> Open RV. That sounds wrong. <laughs> like Arby's. Just go to the theater and just confuse them. Like a ticket, one ticket to Open Arby. <laughs> Open Arby? Excuse me, what? Open Arby. One ticket to Barbenheimer, and they're like, sir, you can't just... We, not, <laughs> yeah. You have to buy two tickets. <laughs> I can't just sell you one ticket to it's both like, movies. like, you know that this isn't one movie, right? You're like, what? I'm surprised no theater did like a Barbenheimer thing where they just sold tickets that said Barbenheimer, but you had to go in the theater room. It's like they just played them. Yeah, do like a back. special deal where if you bought tickets to both of them, it, you'd save like a dollar. Watching those movies back to back would be like weird. That would yeah, that would be I like gotta ex- say that would be kind of exhausting. Neither, unfortunately, everyone just just to preface this, neither of us. Did the actual like Barbin? The no, I watched Barben them Heiner like experience. weeks apart, but I still saw them both in theaters. So yeah. I count it. Yeah, I almost had a <laughs> chance to go um, like a few hours out of town to go see it on like seventy millimeter IMAX, but Ooh. I um I just I had taken a sick day the week before, and my friend Christopher asked if I wanted to do it. Like Christopher barely. Nolan, yeah, <laughs> um, Christopher Come Myers. See my movie, please. He, he asked if I wanted to do it, but it, um. I I was like, oh man, I'd have to like call in sick tomorrow, and I already did that. Like, I already had taken like a day and a half. The yeah, week I totally get that. It's like, you and I was can't just like, I already did that. it. It's like, it's just gonna, it just feels too much you to have take to another wait day at least off. a few months to use that. Again. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, I can't fake another day. I'm sorry if I didn't. Uh, so I almost did, but I, I just couldn't. <laughs> I didn't want to like. Plus, I have rent and bills now, so I'm like, I don't want to like lose money. Yeah. So yeah, I just I, 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 almost, did, I missed out on doing that. Unfortunately, I almost su- did Barbenheimer, uh, but I was seeing them with friends, and uh, I tried to get it together, and it was like friends from church. But then people kind of slowly realized we don't want to watch Barbie. Wow. So what ended up happening is that I ended I ended Cowards. up watching Oppenheimer with my friend Christian. And that night we watched Sound of Freedom. Oh my God! So <laughs> like the we exact watched opposite. Oh, op, op, open readem. Open readem. Yeah. Sound I, of, I at least Sound did Barbie first, and then a couple weeks later I saw Oppenheimer. So I kind of I did it in the right order at least. I thought the I would have thought that the right order would would be to see Oppenheimer first. Some people did that, yeah. Because like if you see Barbie before Oppenheimer, it's like that is like two. It's like all it's like of a, a sudden we killer. go from yeah we go from like fun and lighthearted to like oh no we gotta get serious now yeah because Oppenheimer is like a devastating movie yeah <laughs> and Barbie is like a it's like a Nickelodeon show you know <laughs> okay well let's let's like get Zoe in 101. let's get into Barbie yeah then. hi Barbie hi Ken hi Barbie hi Barbie hi Barbie hi Ken hi Ken Hi Ken. Hi Ken. Hi Ken. I got us both ice cream. Cool. Hi Barbie. 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 Greta Gerwig, starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And uh, basically, the movie takes place in Barbie land. And 
Barbie very Lego movie ask with like oh it's like in Barbie Land and Will Ferrell's the CEO like, yeah man. yeah I wonder and if it's that's, like oh it's the Lego world but it's also the human world is it and, actually the Lego like is Will Ferrell playing his same character because I no, haven't seen the Lego movie in a long time not literally no okay. it, it's just the parallel is really weird. It's yeah, like it what is. it's like he's been in like both two movies, like kind of like <laughs> he's gonna be in all the toy these movies. These weird like toy world but real world <coughs> premises. It's yeah, really, it's, it's true. It's just like the coincidence. I feel like they did it on purpose, honestly. Maybe. Or he at least like did it on purpose. I'm sure, yeah. He's like, put me in this movie. Um, so anyways, things start going wrong for Barbie. She's acting weird. Her oh, no. her she's not oh yeah, she's walking on her flat feet. And that's weird in Barbie land. Yeah, because Barbie dolls in real life, they're always on their tiptoes. Right, yeah. She's like, something's wrong, and I'm, like, feeling, like, very moody. And she discovers, and no spoilers, by the way. Well, right now, we'll get into spoilers. But she discovers that someone, weird Barbie tells her, the reason why you're like this is because your owner in the real world is depressed. And so you need to go to the real world and try to cheer her up. Yeah. And so she goes, she brings, well, Ken stows away with her, played by Ryan Gosling, and they go on a little adventure, and yeah. So and that's kind of the premise. Yeah. Barbie so. starts thinking about death, and she has to <laughs> yeah. fix that. Yeah, she gets all emo. Yeah. So... All right, Mitchell, thoughts on what were your thoughts on Barbie? I thought Barbie was super cool. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I just thought it, I I remember when it went to the real world, I was a little disappointed because I thought that they weren't going to ever, I thought they weren't going to go back to like, the Barbie Land set. Back. Like yeah. I was just worried. I was like, oh man, is the Barbie Land? Because the whole set, the set of Barbie Land is so much fun. Yeah. And, like, really well put together, and it's all, like, very real, like, very real sets, and, like, they put a lot of effort into that. And I I was kind of worried, like, when they went to the real world that the whole movie was going to be that, and maybe they'd go back at the end. And I was like, oh, so, like, most of the movie isn't even going to have those kind of visuals, but it's not like that at all. They go yeah. back, like, pretty quickly, actually, and then most of the movie does kind of take place there for the most part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very different from what I expected. I, I knew it was, like, PG-13, but... It, was a little more uh like it it took itself more seriously at times than i expected you know and it was very lighthearted and goofy and just like silly um you know it's not like you're not gonna leave the theater like having an existential crisis maybe but it had some moments where i was like dang this is like kind of like kind of emotionally resonating like i like the part where like I guess we'll get into slight spoilers, but when she's talking to the old lady at the bus stop and and when she's in like the Harry Potter train world talking to the Barbie founder lady <laughs> yeah. and stuff and I, I just, Voldemort's fetus like the, body is under the bench there. <laughs> like the part where she it's like it kinda comes out of nowhere, like but it, I just when she's having the scenes of like her, her owner, quote unquote, um She's having like snippets of her life flash through, and she looks at the old lady, and she's like, "You're so beautiful." And I don't know why that yeah. like made me like emotional. I think for some <laughs> reason, when people in movies are just so 
intensely kind to like elderly people it makes me really emotional <laughs> like just calling an old lady beautiful just makes me like cry for some reason i think i, you, I don't know i just thought that was a very sweet charming scene um but i think you were just fantasizing about margot robbie telling you that you're beautiful yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i think that's but, what you want but yeah i just I had some moments of heart that i was like this is kind of surprising and uh and sometimes the humor i, I didn't find all of it like the humor to land incredibly well. Like there was some like just references I was like kind of eye rolling at. I was like, okay, they made a Snyder cut joke. It's like, whatever. Like oh, there's yeah. some stuff that didn't land very well for me, but I thought the movie was like, it was super fun, incredibly well made. Um, it, it makes me want to see Greta Gerwig make a musical too, because of those sequences and the visuals and the sets just so creative and like fun. And yeah. Um, and yeah. And like some of the jokes I thought were really funny where, uh, like when she goes to the high school and uh, her owner's like daughter's at the high school and like she calls her fascist and she goes and like starts crying. She's like, but I don't control the railways. <laughs> it's like, it's such like a Simpsons joke. I don't know. There's some like humor. I was like, okay, it's like, it's pretty funny. And Ryan Gosling was incredible. And oh yeah. He, he was, was like the star for me, of the show. He was the best part of the movie. He was honestly. for sure. Like Ken, he was like hilarious and perfect um, casting. Yeah. And there's some like clever stuff too that, I like I noticed and like saw other people comment on after too, but like stuff like uh like the reason she doesn't care about Ken is because like there's a thing where her owner, the girl who owned her Barbie doll in real life, she right. mentions in the movie she was like, yeah, I just never got a Ken doll. So and so it's because like her Barbie doll, because usually it's like people had a Barbie and a Ken, but oh. her Barbie doll never had a Ken counterpart. So that's why she didn't like care about Ken. She's asexual. <laughs> She's independent. <laughs> but uh, it's like there's a lot of clever things where it's like I didn't really think about that, but I noticed it and. uh yeah, hmm. just just yeah, good, just good filmmaking that. moments and stuff. It's not. It's really not like insanely deep. It's not like the most mind blowing movie in terms of its message. It's very. It it's very life. straightforward. You know, it's like. It's like a movie for like teenage girls. You know, it's yeah. like the messaging is like I could see it in like a Nickelodeon movie or something. You know, and that's not like an insult. Like it's <laughs> it's not made to blow like thirty year old minds. You know, I do think it's just made for like slightly older like teenage teenagers. You know, sure, yeah, but yeah, I like to enjoy it too. It's not mm. like you know. It's not like my I liked Oppenheimer more. It's not one of my favorites of spoilers up there for my favorite of the year or anything, but I, I really enjoyed it and just lots of good humor, super well made, very, very Greta Gerwig at like her style. Like she, it makes me trust her with making like big triple A budget movies because she's usually done smaller stuff like Lady Bird. She did the Little Women remake. Yeah. Um, you know, she's a much more like indie small scale director and I was kind of yeah. worried it's like, oh no, when she when the indie her... director starts making big triple A budget movies and they start to sell out and they lose their flair, but her her she flavor brings her is still indie here. touch to it, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, her flavor is still here. Like what she brings as a filmmaker, yeah. and it makes me excited. Like I'm like I trust her, like to not sell out making big AAA IP movies. Right. Yeah, and again, I you know? I realize that now too because it wasn't until after seeing Barbie that I did see her other yeah. films. Yeah, which I'll talk about that more later because mm-hmm. there was something else that I wanted to talk about that's not really about Barbie, but it's related to yeah. Greta Gerwig. But we'll get to that. So my my movie experience, and I will say, this movie isn't the freshest on my mind because 
it was it was it's the been first a few movie weeks that I me. saw, and I it's it's been a little while. I see. And, I saw it when it like came out, and it's been like oh, probably a month. Yeah, <laughs> since and then. Oppenheimer, I saw. Um, we just, I just, we just. Oh wait, saw no, it. I saw Oppenheimer first, but we, I rewatched it with you recently, so it's yeah. a lot more fresh on my mm-hmm. mind. Same, but um, overall, I had, I had a good time watching good time. it. Uh, I, I agree with pretty much everything that you said there. It's, it's a funny movie. It's, it's lighthearted, and yeah, I, I loved Ryan Gosling, and I, I liked Margot Robbie too. Um, she's yeah, she was kind of like a it. very obvious casting for, yeah. for Barbie. And even, you know? even like the, the meta humor with the narrator and he's like, when she's like talking about not feeling beautiful in the narrator or something like that. And the narrator is like, uh, editors note like, don't cast Margot Robbie in this role. She's if you want that, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Something you know? like we, we realize that Margot Robbie is probably not the best choice to say this line, but I also, I, I, I like the kind of. I don't know, referential stuff of like people who owned Barbies and their quirks. Like everyone had a Barbie where you like cut the hair off and made it look weird or this or that yeah. and stuff. Like I grew up with sisters. So like I always had Barbies around. It's I kind of like the little girl. I played from with Toy Barbies Story. when I was a boy, when I was a little boy, because my sisters had them. Yeah. And I was just like, ooh, Barbies. And I had the, I would like take my sisters. She had the basketball one and you could press a button and she would like throw a basketball <laughs> at a hoop. Dude. Me and, and my stuff. brother, and I was like, I didn't see basketball Barbie. <laughs> what the heck? I don't remember they basketball like, Barbie. I just like all the humor of like you know Alan and um, what was like <laughs> yeah. the sugar daddy Ken thing, like all the real stuff, and they're like <laughs> making fun of like their old toys and stuff. So it's like all real and kind of Mattel, like just genuinely making fun of themselves, which I, I think is kind of funny, you know. So I dig that. Yeah, yeah. Me and my brother. Um, since we had two older sisters, you know, we we would play with their their Barbies, but mostly because they actually had Kens, so we yeah. would play with their Kens. And actually, I think we actually had our own Kens because. Huh. Uh, don't make fun of me. <laughs> I'm not making fun. I went, when I was a kid, and we went to a, a church sale, and they said I could pick any toy I wanted. I chose a Barbie. Yeah, I was a Barbie boy. Yeah, and my sisters they had no a Barbie shame. pool, and me and my brother. We thought that was so awesome. We're like, <laughs> we want to play with this too. And so we got Kens. We got swim, swimming Kens, where they're like Kens with like swimming trunks on. And that could That's like hot. be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was pretty into it. But no. I wanted an Allen. Yeah. <laughs> Alan. I wanted an Allen. I am Allen enough. <laughs> Michael Sarah was so good in that movie too. He was, he was funny. So funny. Yeah. I, I enjoyed him in there too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so yeah, going back to what I enjoyed about Barbie, Ryan Gosling was was great. Uh, um, I laughed at almost like everything that he did. You know, yeah, him. He's going always to, funny. I love when he's in a comedic role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like how. Well, I guess he started out with like romantic roles. Yeah. Then he did and there like, was, like more the comedic nice guys roles. too. Like, yeah. He's super funny. That's like a very like adjacent performance to yeah. Barbie is the nice guys honestly right yeah and then he's like able to do serious roles like blade runner 2049 yeah. and drive you know he's just like he's either stone he's like the, or like the hollywood mo- movie actor right now pretty yeah. much i feel mm-hmm. like and like i loved it how when the you know we're in spoilers now how when they go into the real world and he's just enamored by everything that men does and he's like yeah. they they ride on horses and they wear fur coats you know, yeah. i just thought it was so funny <laughs> and the whole the whole joke with them like covering the the matchbox 20 song 
long. Oh yeah, time. yeah. I thought that was great. That was. And I thought um I really enjoyed the the production design of of like Barbie World and everything and I liked the very like childish kind of approach to some things like the scenes were like Margot and Ken are like in a boat. Like, yeah, in the, the water. where it's like um the kind of diorama like kind of side view when it's like they're transitioning from the real world to Barbie and yeah. the boats and it's like the fake ocean and yeah yeah all, the, all that stuff is super fun. I like all like stuff practically like done too. Like it right. was like it's just like very uh, entertainingly made. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks nice, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, overall a good time. However, <laughs> uh oh. Uh, I did have some issues with it. I had some problems. I had some problems. This is a hashtag problematic film. No, not really. I'm not. Don't worry. I'm not going to go like full Ben Shapiro on you guys. I hope not. Uh, but I, I kind of understand like the things a lot, that a lot of people have been complaining about. And I was kind of worried about this like before going into the movie. But... You were talking earlier about how it got like pretty emotional at parts in yeah. the end and like got pretty serious. I, on the other hand, kind of wish that it had been like pretty much like all lighthearted throughout the movie because I feel like it took a, I felt like it took a little bit, it took itself a little too seriously. Yeah, I think that's maybe why I liked it because I didn't expect it all. And when it happened, I was like, whoa, what the heck? And I think the fact they have it happen more than just once makes it work. If it had just been that one scene and never again, it probably would have stuck out as weird. Yeah. But um, I feel like it kind of has that moment. It like establishes there's like this like core heart with like something going on and then it like goes away for a bit and then it comes back. So it kind of works for me. Um, Hmm. I feel like it honestly... I'm almost the opposite where I think it maybe would have been more forgettable if it just stayed more of like a one note comedy kind of like that. It has this quirk to that's kind of like where Greta Gerwig, like I see more of her coming through like these like moments where she's like having flashes of this life and understanding what like humanity is. And it's like really weird. It's like, it shouldn't be here. It feels really out of place. Kind of like uh, those moments, like in the Lego movie, when it suddenly snaps to real life, it's like, what the heck? It's like that kind of vibe to me. I think I like the Lego movie more, but I, I, I think it works for me personally. For, for me, the problems that I have with it is that, you know, you got a lot of people complaining about how, the movie, it, like, it's very negative uh, towards men, and, you know, it's saying that all men are terrible. I, it's really not. I don't think that it's trying to do that, Mm-mm. but when it gets a little serious, it it comes across as that way, for me personally. Maybe, and I think it's because it takes itself a little too seriously, and I think it could have been written better, in my opinion, especially since... You know, so you got the whole thing with with Ken and him bringing back all this like very hyper masculine, you know, uh, stereotypes to Barbie world and how the Kens take over. And it's like, okay, yeah, you've got this problem set up Uh and like, yes, agreed. This is not a good thing for anyone right now. But then like, I, I don't think it really fixes that problem very well near the ends because 
you know, you have the Kens who are very, you know, they're like the joke of Barbie world. Yeah. Where like Barbie, all the Barbies are like the important ones and all the Kens, you know, they're they're not important. And that's kind of like the thing that that Ken, that Ryan Gosling Ken goes through is that and it's almost reflective of real life too because it's yeah, like exactly. yeah with like the toy line it's like kens weren't like really the point you know oh sure yeah so it's kind of like them it's like oh yeah well you you can't like no one just bought a ken doll it was like you bought a barbie and a ken doll so it's kind of this meta aspect of like the toy itself yeah and yeah. so them kind of like having the spotlight it's like reverse and stuff yeah yeah and it's almost kind of reflective of like real life in a sense mm-hmm. you have a lot of uh, men out there who are you know disenfranchised because they feel like that they're being ostracized from society and like being looked down upon just because they want to express their masculinity and they don't really know how to and so you have people like you have like incels and such and you have people mm-hmm. going to people like Andrew Tate and such and Nick Fuentes yeah. and men who just don't know how to be masculine. And sorry, this is like getting like <laughs> really deep on this podcast, but it's related to the movie, I think. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you have this problem that's set up like, okay, what are you going to do about this? And I feel like that they kind of like brush over the solution in the end where it's like, Hey, sorry, we like treated you guys badly. But, um, eh, whatever. (laughs) I I do think uh, a problem with, like, yeah, like, maybe there could have been a more, like, nuanced solution in the end. But I do think people are projecting aspects of that issue in real life with those types of people. I think they're mirroring it a little too heavily and expecting the movie to make a really intense like statement on that specifically but i do think it's supposed to be a bit more broad in general and it's it's really is like it's you know it's like a message for like teenage girls it's not a movie for like men to like learn well, see, that, like you know? i would agree with you if if it hadn't if they hadn't put so much focus on ken's character and like all the other kens like they set up this like character conflict with him as and but then they like pretend at the end as if it's if it's as if it's not important. Well, I think the point of Ken's arc is at the end when it's like he learns that he doesn't need like there is an arc with Ken for me where I see there's an it arc. Like, I just don't because it's that like it was... Ken with that whole issue of like toxic men and stuff who they base their like the Andrew Tate type people who base their whole personality on like you're worthless and you, your whole existence has to be about impressing women and how to attract women and how to do this for women and that for women. And I think a big element of that was like Ken in the movie is learning like his whole existence doesn't have to be about obsessing over Barbie. Like he, you know, that's kind of a big element to it where it's like he, there is a message for that where it's like, you know, your, your life isn't just about Barbie. Like you can be your own thing too. And you shouldn't let society, AKA people like we are mentioning, tell you that you have to, be a certain way for women and stuff like that. And I think that that's kind of the message on the other end of that for Ken, but it is still like about Barbie, you know, like I think if you, 
you end up making the whole movie about Ken's arc and you make that like really, really important and vital. And that's kind of what the movie ends on that ends up detracting from the point of the movie is it's a more feminine female driven message about Barbie and stuff. And you still have something with Ken as an arc, but I think people want like Ken's arc to be equal or as important as Barbie's, but it's not really about that. It's, you know, it's more, female driven and stuff and that's kind of the point of the movie so well, see, I'm, I'm okay I with it being you know see I, I just didn't I just didn't get that I feel it's like not they, really it's not really made for you know it's made for well women, I'm not saying that you know? it's made for men but the way that I felt that they wrote it is that they wrote Ken as if he's as if he was an important character well yeah and then well, he still is and I, I felt like he was by the end I so. just don't think that his conclusion was written very well I, I love the conclusion. I like that he doesn't just end up with Barbie. I think that would have been really predictable. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, I don't. I, I just felt like it was. It felt rushed yeah. and not expounded upon. Yeah, I. I just felt like it could have been. It could have been written better. They could have like, you know, it's it's for me. It's as if like if like Lord of the Rings like just didn't really care about all the other characters uh conclusions and then they just ended it with uh like if they just ended it with Frodo getting back to uh Rivendell and like that was maybe it. but, but Lord, Lord of, the of the Rings is also very lore intensive and like the point yeah, is but like they, they put a lot of emphasis on different characters and they realize yeah. that people care about these characters and so they're like we're gonna give these characters like the conclusion and the arc that they deserve. Yeah. Uh, and I think, that I that's, just think it's like, it's a Barbie movie and it's about Barbie, you know, and I probably wouldn't I, and, you know, care Ken's, so Ken's much. A supporting character, I probably wouldn't but, care so much know. if they didn't, if I felt like that they didn't put so much emphasis on it and yeah. it took itself really seriously. And so I'm trying to take it seriously. Yeah. Cause I mean, he's basically the antagonist of the movie in a way. So in a way, but he's like also, a sympathetic character. Yeah. I feel like, and I think he ends the movie still like in a way, like being redeemed and stuff, but you know, the movie's not about him. So I don't know. I just you I say never... the movie's not about him. It's but called they Barbie. Kinda, I know, but they made him <laughs> I know. very, they, they wrote him as if he was an important character. Well, I mean, he was, but it's his arc. Isn't necessarily the point of this specific story. I mean, it could have, maybe it could have been better. Well, then but... why did they focus so much on him? Like through the first two halves, the first half of the movie. Well, I cause, just, cause he's the driving force of the main issue of the movie. He's like, the right. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I but felt like that they kind of gave him his conclusion with just like two two lines, and then that was it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of those stuff in the movie just happens so fast, you know? Like, it's a very quick, like, some of the serious moments with Barbie are a little more slow-paced, but I feel like everything in the movie is, like, pretty snappy and happens. Like, the battle with the Kens, like, starts, and then they have a fight on the beach, and it's over. Um, them getting to the real world and then going back. It's a very fast-paced movie. I don't think they really spend a lot of time, like, developing things like that deeply except for like a couple moments and I, I think a lot of people like kind of like I don't know I, I just feel like it's not really the vibe of the movie is to have these like long really expository drawn out arcs for like all these side characters you know because there's a couple moments that get a little more slow and serious with like Barbie and stuff and whatnot um, but I feel like if you start I don't know it's like, I don't know. I just, I didn't mind it. I thought it worked fine for what it was and it, it didn't really need to be any deeper than that. You know, 
That's fine. That's just me. I just had a different. I had a different experience. Yeah. I mean, I'm not calling you out specifically, but I just think a lot of dudes watched it and were like, "Oh man, like Ken should have had like way more like stuff." But Barbie got all the attention. But I'm like, it's a Barbie movie. It's made for like teenage girls. I just felt like, like it. It should have been equal. I mean, if they were gonna go with the whole like existential serious route then uh it should have been the same for his character and it's not the Maybe. fact it's not about the fact that he's a man yeah. it's about the fact that he's a character in the movie yeah. and i felt like his character uh arc was just was just rushed you know i guess and, yeah. like i don't really it didn't really show me that he learned anything or that or that the barbies actually learned anything by the way that they treated him you know mm. it was more just like eh, sorry <laughs> but it was like it was like played so seriously. Yeah, I, I wish that the movie was just a bit more lighthearted, if anything. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like at least you know there's like the ten fifteen percent of the movie that that gets a little more of like the existential vibe going on. But you know, the movie ends on like a gynecologist joke, and I just I just yeah, never sure. I just felt like it didn't ask ask much more of me than what was shown like it's not really like about super deep characters because barbie herself she's not even that deep of a character it's more the concept and this like meta idea that like mattel is like changing the world with barbie but it's like dolls aren't like healing the world or changing anything that's not like you know like it's like this self-importance of like, oh, Barbie, like we're so important. We, we like changed feminism forever with Barbie, <laughs> but it's like kind of this meta realization of she's like, oh, I'm so important. I'm such a female icon. And then you go in the real world and she's like, oh, wait, I, th- I thought I like was, I thought I changed everything and like helped every, every woman be empowered and stuff. And it's kind of this message of like, well, it, a company can't just release a doll. It's almost this idea of like corporate feminism and like a critique on that and how you need more than that, you know, to actually be meaningful and stuff. And it's the self critique. And I'm kind of surprised Mattel allowed them to be poked at as much as they did. I kind of respect that. Like they, but I mean, they knew that people would laugh, you know, it's still, there's still like a business decision behind it by them like oh, people are gonna think it's so funny that we did this and we'll sell so many tickets well, but but i mean it's still cool and i think that's kind of more the driving point of the movie is like barbie uh, like dolls aren't what make a difference really like yeah maybe they can help maybe artificial things like that can help people but did you, know, you ever... it's more about like barbie having those flashes of humanity and life and it's like real things and real life and experiences is what like really matters and causes change and stuff. And I think that's kind of the point in the movie. She becomes a human at the end, you know, it's like, she's no longer this artificial doll thing. She's like a human. And now she can experience the real world and blah, blah, blah. And all that, you know, did you ever think that it was at any point that it was weird that, like near near the end of the movie, I kind of had this like thought in the back of my mind where it's like, it's kind of weird that Mattel is doing this. That it almost kind of seems like a sort of self pat on the shoulder, you know, where they're like, look how look how good we're being right now by you know 
giving this message. Maybe, but you can also make the argument of like, how did they get away with like letting them do this? You sure, know? yeah, but I I guess I couldn't get past the fact that it's still like this big corporation. Uh, like I know it's a Greta Gerwig movie, yeah, and she and Noah Baumbach wrote it together, but it's still I still like thought it was just kind of funny how Mattel is just like. Oh, that's we're not about that anymore. This is what Barbie is actually about, and we're so like humble and everything. Anyways, this is still an advertisement for our product, so please go buy our stuff. Yeah, you know? and that, that's kind of the point of it. You know, there there is still this like it is still a big corporate IP movie, and now they're gonna want to make like a bunch of other movies about their other toys and lines and stuff to make yeah, money. But it's like I would rather that. I would rather them get away with making a movie like this that does make fun of Mattel, even if it is still for like you know these self-interest reasons because they know poking fun of yourself is like a cool financial thing to do and people yeah but i would rather that i would rather that get made fun of because i think more people are gonna walk away like understanding the point of what the writers did um then have the opposite where they don't try and it's just a movie that's really shameless and like look how awesome Mattel is and it's like the opposite so I think the opposite would be way worse it's like they go to the Mattel headquarters and it's all women like working there and all the heads are all the heads of the company are women and stuff and they they don't even try to have any self critique like I would rather there it I would rather have what we got than the opposite that's just totally like that's baloney yeah like that's that's not you know i think it's i think even if there's always going to be some kind of financial drive behind any ip movie that sure yeah no matter how self-critical it is bro or whatever but but. i i still think uh i i still respect that they let it happen even if they knew it would make for a funny movie and make them a bunch of money (laughs) yeah because at the end of the day you know it's it's still like a movie made by a creative person and the money to this movie is still, you know, going to Mattel, but a lot of the money is still going to like the people who made like just a good, like interestingly made film and it making that much money is good. And companies are going to get the wrong idea and think people just want movies based on toys and not movies made by interesting filmmakers with, uh, interesting messages and tones. And yeah, you know, it's just going to be, Oh yeah, make a, Make a Roblox movie, you know. <laughs> Dude, it's they're gonna get the wrong idea, make a and Fortnite I feel like they movie. already announced like we're gonna make a movies based on ten other toy IPs. They did, and so it's I'm, like they're gonna get they're getting the wrong idea from it for sure. But yeah, people watch movies because they're about toys. Like no, no, yeah. like a lot of. I mean, if this were any other director, honestly, I probably would not have watched this movie. It. Could yeah, same. This movie could have easily been like horrible trash, you know. Like, I, I really was, cor- like it's just a very corny movie about Barbie goes to the real world and uh and like men catcall her and then she goes back to Barbie Land and then they all go and like take over Mattel and like kick all the men out and then the movie ends. You know, it could have been something <laughs> very generic, you know? Yeah. And I still think the message of this movie is very it's very straightforward. It's not really that deep. Um it's not that deep because at the end of the day it's a PG thirteen movie. It's a it's generally made for, for like you know, it's an empowering like message for like teenage girls and then you have like 
30 year old like dudes wondering why like the message didn't appeal to them it's like you know when teenage girls are teenagers and they're like haha boys suck you know and it's it's just that kind of vibe you know but i think this movie is a little more nuanced than that like i don't think it's just about how men suck you know but i i like it um i'm glad it, it did well and greta gerwig is just a good filmmaker and uh, I need to, I still need to watch like her little women movie, but I've seen lady bird and I love it. And I'm really curious to see what her, uh, Narnia movies are going to be like, but yeah. 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 I wanted to, I wanted to get into that. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I overall had a good time. I found some aspects of the movie to be a little grown worthy. Uh, just kind of, yeah, some of the humor. I still did like, some like the Zack Snyder joke. I like rolled my eyes. At. I, I just don't, yeah. I don't like pop reference humor, like pop culture reference humor very much. Sure. That was quite a bit of it, but talking about the Godfather, <laughs> I um, liked the matrix joke. That was funny. I don't even remember. She's the holding the stuff. shoes and she's like, you must pick one. It's like the red pill. And the oh pill. yeah. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. This is basically just like, you uh, only liked it cause it is bubblegum. It's like, like bubblegum matrix. <laughs> that's what this movie is yeah pretty much yeah it's like jacking into the real world you know it's like ooh. but i mean yeah i i had my issues with some of it like i said not not near as much as like ben shapiro but like yeah, no one should have as many issues with this movie as him if i'm being honest i mean it's fine <laughs> it's you know, not i don't think it is who yeah, cares? People can have their opinions. Oh, about they can, a movie. yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. I still think it's, it's a dumb opinion. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Ben Shapiro has very inconsistent movie opinions. He so does. It's like yeah. I, think, I think some people just put too much value in movies. It's like it's a movie not made for you. Like it's fine. Just move on. Yeah. It's like chill. You know. I think he's more concerned because it's like a big like cultural kind of thing. So yeah, it's like I don't want my daughters being affected by what I. Th- deem could be yeah. uh, dangerous ideology or whatever yeah. and i, I found i don't think anyone i don't think anyone's gonna turn into a psycho because of barbie the movie <laughs> i'm going to turn into a psycho yeah i'm gonna <laughs> i i do kind of love how there's like this whole movement of guys after watching barbie they're like the whole like i am kenuff movement yeah i think that's funny it is um, funny. He's Knuff. Yeah, I am Knuff. I want the sweatshirt. I don't Me care too. If, I, don't care, I don't care if I'm annoying because of it. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It is. But yeah, all with my issues with it, I didn't think it was that bad. I rolled my eyes at some like few lines that I felt like it was a little too like towards lean towards feminism whatever but that's just me can't believe the Um, barbie movie was so full of feminism yeah can't believe it yeah (laughs) i didn't like it i'm sorry i'm making fun of you a lot but i think it's funny you know we have differences in this kind of stuff I just think it's silly to critique. I knew, but I, I knew that we were going to be able shocked. to talk about this, and we yeah. none of a, neither of us was going to get mad. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm so, not, I would never get mad over it. I don't think anyone should get mad over a movie, unless it's like unless it's like obviously like the evil, nation. unless it's evil and horrible and like legitimately <laughs> like distressful. But like, uh, it's like come like on, cuties. yeah. I, well, uh, yeah, I, of I course. I canceled my Netflix subscription because of that. There, there's some stuff that's obviously warranted. Yeah.
So anyways, um, one thing, I guess, before we get into Oppenheimer. Um, I called it Oppenheimer for so long. And then I watched Some people the, call it Oppenheimer. Yeah, I thought it was Oppenheimer. And then I watched the movie and they were saying Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. And I was like, oh, man, I've been saying it wrong. Is the Heimer open? <laughs> it is open. So talking about Greta Gerwig, you know, so before Barbie came out, news broke out that she was going to be directing at least two of the Narnia Netflix movies. Yeah. And because... Netflix announced years ago that they had the rights to make Narnia movies. And for a while, there wasn't really any news about it uh, until this whole Greta Gerwig stuff. So it's become official and she has uh, confirmed it too. It's also kind of She's funny. making like two, right? Two of At them? At least two. That's all they're yeah, I remember really that was saying. a weird rumor and I was like, that'd be weird. But I'm like... Yeah. And it also hasn't really been confirmed. Like um, the people in charge, they like said that... Yes, the Narnia franchise is going to consist of movies and series or whatever. Yeah, it's so weird. They haven't expounded on what that is, but yeah, I'm like, what I, would like they make like they'll make like a magician's nephew movie, and then they'll make the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe like a, a like a series, and then I, don't I know. think there are certain Narnia it's books weird. that would lend themselves well to being a series. Yeah, uh, I think Magician's Nephew and Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe should. Those should be movies. Yeah, but like something like The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, I think would lend itself well to being like, because it's already like a very episodic kind of story. That's true. Where it's like they went to this island and this Even if this is like a four episode thing and each one's an hour. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really hoping that it doesn't mean that they're going to write like spinoff stories that are not canon at all. Yeah. I really hope not. That'd be weird. I don't want them to, yeah, that would be kind of annoying. Yeah. I don't want them to like, this isn't Star Wars. Take like too many liberties. Right. Yeah. So, and for those of you who don't know, like, uh, we did a whole episode about the Walden Media Disney uh, Narnia movies uh, a little while back, and I'm a huge fan of Narnia. I grew up with the books. and Yeah, the books are really cool. Um, I have a really big soft spot for the first two movies. Yeah. Um, not, yes, not same here. Yeah. yeah, neither of us like Don Treader. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, so I've been following the news about Netflix makes, making these movies for a while, and this news has finally come out. So it's like this is the first time in forever that a name has been attached to these. And so it's like, oh, okay, so the Barbie movie's coming out. So that was a big reason why I wanted to see it. And then now I've seen it. And then after that, I have caught up on the rest of Greta Gerwig's movies. And so, like, I watched uh, I watched Little Women. And I actually watched the 94 uh, Little Women with uh, Winona Ryder because yeah. I wanted to uh, compare. And so I watched I her Little Women. noticed you rated uh, Gerwig's higher. Just a little bit, like yeah. Like half star more, yeah. Yeah, there there are things to enjoy about both of them. I think Greta Gerwig's is obviously like made better yeah. in terms of filmmaking. Uh, but there is a lot of, to appreciate about the, the nineties little women. Uh, plus I also like, I grew up with my sisters loving that movie. Yeah. So there is some nostalgic attachment to it, but there's a lot that I really liked about Greta Gerwig's. Um, Did you like adaptation. that one uh, celebrity that showed up later on in the movie that I told you to be oh, hyped for? 
You told me about that. I was like, there'll be. I was like, there's an actor that shows up. In oh, and you'll be yeah, excited yeah, to see yeah. Him. yeah. Good old uh, Saul Goodman, Mr. Robert <laughs> o- Odin, yeah. o- Mr. Robert Odin, Robert Robert Odin Kirkenheimer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's in that. That was on. so surprising. Yeah, and it, I knew I knew you'd be like, oh snap! It kind of it kind of caught me off guard. Uh, cause like I just could not have imagined. He's not really him. in a lot of movies, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, like all really I really know him. him as is, is like the comedy guy and Saul Goodman. And nobody, <laughs> nobody. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So it was kind of interesting to see him as like this father, this loving father figure. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny to say it out loud, but it took a while for me to get used to it. Uh-huh. But it was, uh, you know. It was Bob Odenkirk, so I was happy to see him. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I I really enjoy Little Women. I I'm still, I don't know if you've you've seen Little Women, right? I actually haven't. You haven't. I just know a lot about it because I, I know people that like love it. Yeah, I've I won't seen Lady spoil Bird, it. Though. Uh, there were some liberties that Greta Gerwig took with the ending of it, and I'm still kind of like kind of figuring out how I I feel yeah. about it. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I really liked. Uh, the the characters and the the performances were really good. You got Florence Pugh, uh, Rosen, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke that me and my sister have. Like anytime <laughs> that we mention her name, like oh, Shershaj Rosen, Shershaj Ronan, and uh, Emma Watson, and uh, the other girls that I don't know. Well, Laura, uh, Laura Dern is in it. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, very enjoyable. I saw some people saying that they didn't like. Emma Watson's performances. I thought that she was good. In I it. heard, yeah, so, she's supposed to be really good in that. Yeah, so Timothy Chalamet yeah. is good in it. And yeah, it's it's a very... It, I love the story. It's a very charming story, and I thought that she did a good job of adapting it. And so that shows me that she can do adaptations well. Yeah. You know, I'm praying... Was the ending that she took liberties on, was it different from... Was it only different from the original movie? Like, did the original movie actually have a different ending from the book? Or was this, like, well, see, the one that's different from, like, the original I've story? never read the book, but as far as so, I know, it is different from the book. But I heard that her excuse for the ending was because it was something that the author originally intended for the book but never actually did it that's kind of cool so especially if you have the old one that has the other version and so it's kind of like this just an alternate take on that it's kind of cool to have like both movies that do different things yeah yeah but it's like yeah especially if they're both good you know yeah like if one if one of the movies sucked but then the good one had the ending you didn't like as much that would be kind of sad yeah, I'm I, I'm still not sure how I how I've felt about it, but overall, I have no idea about the ending, so I have no, I have no idea about yeah, it. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it, it, I'll watch it eventually. I won't spoil it for you because it is like a creative twist on it. Yeah, and I don't have I don't have any con- I don't know the story. I've never seen the original, so I won't have any context of like how it's supposed to be. Right. So I'll, yeah. pro- I'll probably just not even notice like yeah. anything weird. So a lot of people. You know, like with the whole like recent Barbie thing and like uh, people complaining about it being woke and all that, <laughs> they're worried about her like adapting these. And here's the thing. It's not really because it's Greta Gerwig that I'm worried. Yeah, I'm worried because it's a an, an adaptation that's taking place in the 21st century because it's just something. Oh, are the Narnia movies modern day? No, no, no. I mean, like in terms of like. 
if they make any changes to it. Oh yeah. Because well, of I feel like, like the C.S. Lewis like estate is going to oversee it still. Like I don't think they're going to like let them remove any of like. Yeah, it's a very obviously like rooted in Christian story kind of thing. I don't think like his estate or whoever is in charge of the IP would let that's, people that's like, what totally I'm hoping. obliterate as that far aspect as I know. Of it, that's an important aspect of those books, right? Yeah, and as far know? as I know, Douglas Gresham, I think, is involved. He's the stepson of C.S. Lewis. Yeah, he was very involved in the Walden Media uh, productions. The yeah, thing she about... probably won't be like writing it all or anything either. Like. Not that that would be like a bad thing, but they're probably gonna have a lot of people that are like there's probably holders gonna be like a of show the Narnia runner. IP yeah. who will like oversee the script and she'll be like the creative head on it and like direct it obviously visually and stuff. But yeah. Last I heard, the right one of the writers for Inside Out was the showrunner. Interesting. Okay. That was years ago that they announced that. I don't know if he still is involved. Yeah. But I imagine that they're gonna have someone who's like in charge of it, not. Greta Gerwig, because so far she's only hired to direct at least two movies. But yeah. I don't think she's going to be like the overhead. Yeah, it's not like she's running the whole thing. Yeah, know, she's not the um, they're Breaking probably... Bad. What's Breaking Bad guy? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm blanking. I only oh, know gosh, Peter Gold it. off the top of my head. Peter, yeah, Peter Gold. Because well, that's Better Call Saul. But right, well... I'm yeah. forgetting the other guy's name. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, yeah. So they'll they'll probably have one. They'll have, probably have a couple people that are the showrunners for every single one that like make sure it's all like consistent. Yeah, like, each one links together, and they'll have like different directors. It's kind of like Harry Potter. Like, right. They always have certain people, like the movies. You know, they always had people kind of oversee it, but each movie kind of had a different director. Some had a, the same directors. Yeah, it'll probably be a similar thing to that. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that they don't do any like changes to it for the sake of being like politically correct or whatever because like that's the thing though is those movies don't really have anything to change in that regard it's not like those movies there is or one this, thing that what? i'm worried about hmm. so in the land of narnia or i guess in the universe of narnia there is a enemy country called kalorman and c.s lewis was a huge fan of Things like Arabian Nights and yeah. Aladdin. He loved that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he based the land of Kalorman and its people off of like as if they they're very inspired by like Arabian culture. Yeah. So and he's very specific too that these people have darker skin. Yeah. So but the thing is is that they are the enemy. Not all Kalormans are bad. There are some. Well, good... that's the thing is like that. I don't think that would call to just suddenly make them all white because if anything, that well, would, I don't that, know. That removes diversity. It could be like a, I kn- it could be like a Fire Nation thing from like you know they're obviously like there's a higher government aspect that are seen as the enemy, but maybe they meet people from the nation that become friends with well, them. Well, yeah, see, he does. Yeah, he has so characters like, that are Kalormans that are good characters. It's like, that, that's the thing is like, I don't feel like they would feel the need to like remove that. If they I, already I would have that element. Not. But I, th- I think know. I think that's a little too paranoid because if it was like oh they're all evil no matter I'm not what paranoid be- no I mean it's <laughs> if if it was like oh they're all evil no matter what you know only people with brown skin are evil like you never see an evil like a nice person with brown skin that'd be a little different but that's not the case so I don't think there's anything to correct there 
I don't think so either, but you never yeah. know these days. Like, I don't know. I, if, they, uh, if they get, like, too overly corrective and overly sensitive about that, I don't think that they should. And maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll be con- too concerned about whether it's too much of, if, if it's too stereotypical, you know, of Arabian culture. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I mean, when it comes to stuff like that, anything. now it's like you just get someone who is like knows that culture and is like educated on it, or is like from that culture, and you get them. To yeah, because you the just end, get them to it, help make it. It, you know? it was out of an out of an appreciation for that yeah. culture, and it is also very crucial for one of the stories because there's this character who actually is like a northerner. He's white skinned and he realizes that he's not like everyone else. So Mm. he's like, I don't think that I belong here. I got to find where I'm truly from, you know? So that's like a very crucial point about his story. Yeah. So I'm hoping that they don't change anything about that. There were some changes that like the Walden media adaptations made, like in the Lion, the Winch and the wardrobe, the girls don't fight at all in the book. In fact, it's kind of like Santa Claus is well, father Christmas is like, uh, yeah, you don't want to be fighting. It's very ugly for, for women. Yeah. You know? And Walden Media made that change. The thing is, is that uh, C.S. Lewis was a lot more... He, as the books went on, he did allow for women to like be a lot more like involved in battles and yeah. cooler. There is this really cool character that I love. Her name is Erevis, and she's also a Kalorman. Yeah. She's one of my favorite characters, and like she's this awesome... like tomboyish kind of person who like likes to get in trouble and yeah. fights and such so so yeah there's like some slight changes that that like that that i wouldn't mind yeah so like that's cool because it just it makes them more interesting like if you it works for the movies because like if you just have them sitting out just like where's the stakes for them and it just kind of ends up being boring so it's like a healthy change for like a visual medium yeah um and it makes more sense too and like you get like her using like the bow and should that become her thing you know it make it gives a little more flavor right and, yeah and stuff like that and i think you know there's uh, there's obviously going to be liberties and some stuff will probably change but when it comes to stuff like that i think they will find a way to keep them in and because if you mm. just remove them and you remove any of the characters that are supposed to be like good characters and help out the main cast all you're doing is removing even more like chances for diversity so i don't think they would do that you know? i hope i hope not and you know if it's about like they show them that like oh our nation isn't it's like a fire nation thing like they learn oh not everyone in the in the last airbender it's like oh not everyone in the fire nation is bad right Whoa. And yeah it's, it's kind of like this parallel of like like xenophobia and learning like oh just because you're from this country doesn't mean you're bad and people learn a lesson and everyone holds hands and loves each other <laughs> like if you can have a message like if you can use that to employ a message like that that's <laughs> just like that's just a good message i mean it's a basic message but it's like you know, I don't think there's anything to really skirt around with that personally. If that's already a, you, you an element not, of that story, and so so far, C.S. Lewis has not been canceled for it. So well, yeah, I mean, C.S. Lewis wasn't a bad guy. We'll see. Well, yeah, no, he's a great guy. <laughs> exactly. He's like one of my all-time heroes. Yeah. So, and I'm also, I when it comes to Greta Gerwig, I'm very hopeful. I think one thing she does really well is like she has a good handle on production design. Yeah. Little Little Women is great at seeming she's really good with period pieces. 
So I can I, see like the intro of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, like all know? the scenes that take place in in the real if, world. If they go to Narnia and it's all green screen and looks like a Marvel movie, I'm going to kill someone. I hope not. I, I want. I just want real sets. So bad. what what I really would like is um I want them to steer away from like the Walden Media dark and gritty Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I want it to be colorful. Uh, aesthetic. They were I trying to, to be copy colorful Lord of the Rings, and yeah. whimsical and I want the I want the locations to be mostly real if they can. Yeah. And just like one thing that I re- I didn't finish it but I kind of liked the approach with the Netflix a series of unfortunate events series yeah where everything was very whimsical but like the production design was real you know so like if they I could mean, like lean a little bit in that direction kind of I think that that would be cool I'd love to see it like the real world like it starts out and it's it's almost it's like shot like a David Fincher movie like it's dark <laughs> and like the real world's kind of got this gloomy aspect to it and they go to Narnia and it's just so con like contrasted and it's such a contrast and it's, it's like, like colorful and bright and so much light. And uh, I just want it. I want Narnia to legitimately feel like a different magical plane of existence. You know, I want yeah. it. And then they go back to the real world and it just looks and feel like almost like a different movie or something. Like, I think that'd be a really <laughs> cool style to go with. That'd be you know? interesting. Be fun. At least, or at least make real life. I mean, it can still be shot. Well, I'm not saying make it look bad and boring, but like make it look pretty mundane. Like, you know, make it look just, very normal and yeah. then you go to narnia and it's like really bright and just beautiful and colorful and i just i want narnia to feel really visually special yeah because that's the point is like they go there and they're like, it's like an escape from the real world you know and i want it to feel like that yeah exactly you know? yeah i agree so, you know and i would i would want it to be magical and whimsical when it's necessary but i want it to be like dark and like yeah. evil when that's necessary yeah don't make it well. like tim burtony where like all the trees are like oh wacky. <laughs> like everything's like at a tilted angle you know just like color wise like just make it Johnny bright Depp make it really mr tumness like make it um i'm trying to think of like a movie example i'm kind of coming up short but yeah whatever if you think of it I'm trying to think see. of like a like a fantasy movie that's really bright and colorful but i can't really think of one yeah i don't know but yeah, whatever Whatever. Uh, so um, I'm trusting in Greta Gerwig. I mean, if they ruin it, whatever. We still got the books and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's also Netflix production, so like, I don't know, man. They they kind of they suck. can be very much hit or miss, mostly. Miss. Yeah, I mean, they're putting out the new David Fincher movie and it looks good. So it's not like you know, if they have like a good filmmaker, they did the Irishman. You know, they they can yeah. still put out good. They stuff, did Marriage you know? Story. Yeah, so it's like they're still capable, but you know, I wonder it's... if Noah Baumbach's gonna co-write the movie. <laughs> That'd be kind of interesting. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he helps, honestly. All the characters are talking over each other. But I think it'd be fun, and I'm not really too concerned about them messing with it too much because they're going to have people who like oversee all the I just CS don't Lewis. want them to pull a Rings of Power. Cause... Yeah, that's a little different. I feel like the the rights for that got like... That's like... They got sold off, and like the rights for Lord of the Rings just got so like scattered, I feel like. and Sure. Um, and Lord of the Rings isn't like... I don't think that's like... It's a really bad show, but Rings I really of Power, think, you mean? I, yeah, I really yeah. just think Rings of Power is just like poorly written, but I, I wasn't like in terms of. Actually, you know what? No, it was all pretty bad. <laughs> I, I, I was like, try, I, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, like I, I didn't watch find... it, and I wasn't like watching it and angry that it was like a woke mess or anything. So it wasn't bad in that regard. I just thought it was like just really badly written and just like none of the characters were likable. 
You know, yeah. it's just like a really terribly written show, you know, and like it, it sucks because I remember the first episode being like kind of all right and it opens in a cool way. But man, that is not good. There's no <laughs> way they're making enough more than like two seasons. There's like trying to make like that's what they're saying. They're trying, apparently, it's not, but no, no one like I think like what? Like 20, no one really like they it. say like 10 percent of the people that started that show finished it. It's something like that. It's yeah. Like no, one, it's bad. Man. The only reason why I, w- I watched it with Abby and we were both just like, why is we didn't even finish it? I was like, why is Galadriel like the most annoying character <laughs> in this show? Like, what's yeah. the deal? Like, why did you make her so unlikable? I hate finished it, and I just finished it watching it with. Uh, I watched the YMS's clip of like the last episode where it cuts to Mordor, and it looks like Blade Runner twenty forty nine in yeah. the orange area, and it has a text show up that says Mordor. Yeah, we talked about that in our ring. It's we like, did an episode about Rings of Power, the House of House of the Dragon, yeah. and Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. So you can go check that out. Anyway, sorry, we talked about Narnia for a long time, but this was one of the, it was kind of a big reason why I wanted to talk about Barbie because this was kind of adjacent to it. So we're sorry for everyone who's waiting for Oppenheimer. But the good thing is, is that I think I've finally uh, learned how to put timestamps in the podcast episodes. So I'm going to test that out for this episode. All right. So you guys can like skip ahead if you get bored about a discussion. Nice. I feel like most people like it when we talk about stuff. Yeah, I think it's fun to go on like ta- it's like still related. It's not like we're off topic, you know. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like tangents. I like natural conversation. Yeah, it's cool. Me too. It's the best. So uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't give a. I don't. I don't know. We. I gave Barbie like a six out of ten for me. I gave it um, a heart. I don't. I don't do a numbers. heart. You give everything a heart. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, what's the last thing I didn't give a heart? Uh. I usually just like this is gonna be another tangent. I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> I I just if I kind of know, I just know if I'm not gonna like something, so I won't watch it. Wow, that's very close minded of you. Like, if I'm just like, I Although know I'm if that I'm way just, with people. I just feel like if I watch a trailer, I just know if I'm gonna like something or not. Uh, well, yeah, a trailer is kind of a big, you know, telling point. What's the last thing I watched that I didn't like? Hang on, I gotta find out now. Last thing that I watched that I didn't like. Uh, uh oh yeah, The Flash. <laughs> but I watched. I knew I wasn't gonna like that. The Super Mario Bros. movie. Uh, oh my gosh. I did not like that movie. I'm sorry, it's everyone. Bad. Tall girl. That was. I knew we were. We was a hate watch though. <laughs> you already talked about tall girl. Yeah. Anything. I, anything. I. I don't have a heart on my diary right now. It's like I watched it knowing. I was oh like, my gosh. Like, oh, the whale. Yeah. I didn't um, give that a heart. I'm sorry. I watched the Boss Baby movie. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> They're really bad. <laughs> no, nah, it's like no, nah, I can't. But I kind of went into it knowing that they were going to be bad. So yeah, it's kind of fun in that way, but. Anyways, uh, yeah, and Narnia, we'll see what we'll see. Hopefully, whenever if it ever comes out soon, we'll definitely do an episode. Yeah. Also, it. for those unaware, I don't I don't do number scores, but if a movie I think is like perfect, uh, uh, like in a, like you'll get if, it. If it's like stars. something I could think is like a favorite movie of mine or something that just blows my mind, like I do, I save. I'll still do five stars for movies that I'm like, oh man, that's a five star, but that's the only time I do numbers. Yeah. And anything else is a heart. Which is just like I liked it, and I it still annoys it. me. But whatever. Yeah, I just I don't like numbers, man. I just like it because like I, I, I want to know how let me much rephrase you that. like it. Let me rephrase that. I don't like numbers for myself. 
yeah. I, I don't mind like seeing other people use numbers. Like that's chill. I know, but, but for you, I value your movie opinion. So it's like, well, you liked it, but how much did you like it? Yeah. Like, was it like a six out of ten, or was it closer yeah. to a nine out of ten? I, I feel don't like know. if I gave like something a six out of ten, though, um, like before for me, that would have been like I liked it. I thought it was good, but some people might be like, oh man, you didn't really like it that much. <laughs> I just feel like it was just like annoying, and like everyone has like uh, everyone has their definition of what a number means, and I feel that's like that's when you just don't care about what people say. Yeah, but then it's like you have to, and then it's like I gave or like I'll give a move, uh, like a certain movie a seven and then something else is six and then people be like oh my god why did you like that movie so much more than the other one and it's like it didn't really i don't know <laughs> it's contextual too it's like wow it's really good for this kind of movie but there might be like a three-star movie that i would rather watch than like a four-star movie sometimes it's, it's felt like it got really like annoying and just redundant for like how my brain works so yeah i just say you know i also you think you, bro i also think um it causes more interesting discussion. I think of like IGN reviews and stuff and people will skip the review and go to the number. But for me, it's like if people see I liked it or not and they want to have more explanation or understanding of why or how much, then I get to talk to someone about it and they don't just get to see a number and like not engage with it any further than that. I think, I think it causes more meaningful engagement for me at least like when people are like oh you liked it what'd you think about it and then i can dive into it more and it's not really like how much did you like it on this scale well it's fine like, that's just they what just kind of they just kind of learn how much i liked it in context of that movie it's just what i'm gonna comment on every review of yours yeah so how much what did you like about it tell oh, me don't just review. give a meme review yeah i just um this is just my my opinion for myself but i I, I got so wound up in like comparing everything and like, Oh man, you like was, was Barbie better? Much. Like it was Barbie better than the Oppenheimer or <laughs> like, or is this no. better than that? Or how, how good is this? I still like to do lists in like order, like end of the year lists, like stuff like that. I still enjoy, but right, just yeah. when it comes to like comparing things so much, like I just, I'm just like, I just want to watch this movie and not like think of other movies. I'm just going to like watch it for and try to enjoy it for what it is. Um, and if it reminds me of something else, maybe, you know, that'll play into it. But, um, I just, I just like to try and make things very like individualistic and like take them for what they are and not worry too much about like what it, what it's supposed to be or something that is, does what it does better or something. I just, I just feel like it works better for me. Well, you it's do, made, you, um, it's made, I don't know. I just feel like it's made watching movies and playing games and listening to music more like special to me. Like, like I think I, I saw someone make this comment. Sorry, I'm going on such a tangent. I saw someone make Hurry this comment up. yesterday <laughs> and they said, they said, man, a bad PlayStation two game that has some good stuff in it is such a comfy vibe. And I was like, man, I love that. <laughs> That's so good. A bad video game that has good stuff in it. Like a bad, like it's like, yeah, the game's pretty mid, but it has some really like, fu- like charming stuff in it. It's like, yeah, it's not okay. a great game, but it's like charming. You know what I mean? Like you, you hear that and you think of the binary of like, oh, so it's a bad game, but it has, it's like, no, it's like, yeah, it's kind of like a, I don't know, like the SpongeBob game on PS2. It's like, it's not like a great game, but it's got some fun That's how stuff. people like that game. It's though. just like, well, it's like, let's say like the movie. One. If it's not, like not... unplayable, then no. Well, yeah. But yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, uh, I guess for me, it would be uh, 
the Looney Tunes Sheep Raider. Yeah, game. just like a random, like a movie tie-in game that's like not that special, but it's it's got some fun stuff, and you just you find stuff to appreciate, like mid, like kind of just very like weirdly mediocre things that have bits of like something that's special and it's got a vibe to it, you know, like a bad PlayStation, a bad PlayStation two game that has good stuff in it. And it, it, that, you, that, you know what that is? That's playing really cheap movie tie in games as a kid, like that kind of vibe. It's sure, like, yeah. yeah, it's got some, it's got some good stuff in it. It's bad, but it's got some good stuff. You know, I love that. It's such a vibe. And, and, I feel like because I'm not thinking about it on a scale or comparing it to other things, I'm, I'm just taking it for what it is. You know, it's like it's it's Shrek to the game, dude. That's so beach jumping. Bum of you. Jumping in, it's fun, man. I love jumping <laughs> in that game. It's got a it's got a squishy jump. Squishy jump. I'm not thinking about how that's so Matthew McConaughey beach bum of you. I just I like that. I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's I I passed. That I passed this like weird threshold like a year ago, and it's just, yeah, we know you've. I know this you, has been well. I, I could listen. I podcast. could listen to the podcast and like hear my descent into just not caring. <laughs> you know, just I descend into not caring anymore in like a in a way that I like. I stopped caring years ago. Not that I stopped respecting or appreciating, but like I just I stopped. I stopped worrying about only only enjoying the things that are the best. You know what I mean. I guess I've been a like part so, of sometimes a, like a like obviously I mean I don't use numbers anymore but like sometimes like a, man a three out of ten movie sometimes just hits so right you know <laughs> sometimes you just want to watch like Big Daddy starring Adam Sandler you know you just want to watch like an okay movie sometimes okay I would recommend going overboard with Adam Sandler well that's like that's like a half star <laughs> movie. that's not a three star movie that's like a half a, star one movie. of the worst movies yeah I've ever like seen. I wouldn't watch an unbearable movie and be like oh I had one line in it that was funny so I enjoy it but I don't know like uh yeah like yeah. a Disney Channel movie like oh man sometimes they're just really funny <laughs> Well, yeah, those are like enjoyable. In a I'm gonna, way. I'm gonna get you to understand my brain someday. I already understand it. You've mm. talked about this. You multiple don't get times me, man. I get you, bro, because I've been there. <laughs> I've been the guy that has like bad taste in movies. No, and I'm not the guy of... who has bad taste in movies. I'm the guy who's just confident in what I like. No, yeah, I'm confident, yeah. but it's like I like movies that I know a lot of other people don't, and yeah. it's like I've been okay with that for years, I guess. Yeah, that's more of like try that's more of like a i don't know if like you're looking at like that that's more like oh I, i'm just trying to be contrary it's more of just like not even thinking about that yeah i just like this movie it's like i don't even have to think that it's bad or other people don't i just like it i don't care sure yeah yeah it's like i love m night i'm not worried about what other people think speaking of bad movies oppenheimer <laughs> yeah oh god <laughs> We're in a race against the Nazis. And I know what it means if the Nazis have a bomb. They have a 12-month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. Secret laboratory. Keep everyone there until it's done. Let's go recruit some scientists. Build a town.
down, build it fast. If we don't let scientists bring their families, we'll never get the best. Why would we go to the middle of nowhere for who knows how long? Why? Why? How about because this is the most important thing to ever happen in the history of the world? You're the great improviser, but this... you can't do in your head. Are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button, we destroy the world? Chances are near zero. Near zero. What do you want for theory alone? Zero would be nice. Uh, oh, whoops. <laughs> Let's get right into sorry, it. Sorry. Explosion! <laughs> Explosion. It's a... Sorry, Mr. Remote That's fitting. Yeah. <laughs> Oppenheimer. It's a movie about an explosion. That's the only point of the movie. Yeah. That's all I got the out of it. The explosion. That was crazy it's cool. Like, wow. They really can make I did as, as soon as they did big. the test drop with the nuke, I just left the theater because I was like, well, that's <laughs> what I came here for. There's what I don't have time to watch this post credit scene about court, <laughs> courtroom drama or whatever. Got to you got to stay after the credits to see like Einstein show up in a dark room like with JFK and George Washington and they're going to form like the, they're going to form like the it's the Avengers of history. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're talking about Oppenheimer now. Oppenheimer directed by Christopher Nolan. Good old Chris Nolan. Yeah. My guy. Best director of all time. He Maybe is. not, but a lot of people seem to think so. We had a pretty nice great little merit. healthy conversation about Nolan in the parking lot after we saw it. We did, yeah. Just about him as a director. Um, I, I, I guess let's just say what we thought of it real quick, and then I'll, I'll kind of recap that comic because I yeah, thought it was good. But yeah, and I, before um, we get into spoilers, I <laughs> about think the atom bomb. Yeah, <laughs> did they drop it? Find out. I don't did think they did. It's like it's funny, you know, it worked. Like when, but it's like you're still like, oh my god, I'm so but nervous. Who knows? Maybe he could have pulled a, a Tarantino. <clears throat> yeah, true. Changes it. Yeah, just changes history. Like actually, he doesn't. And it just hard bomb. cuts to America with like a rainbow over it, and it's, it's like, and all was well. Yeah, <laughs> there's just the scene where Killian Murphy, bef- just before they do the test drop, he runs into the room and then he pulls the plug and he's like, no, this is. Not gonna happen. Stop the presses. Stop the presses. I will not make your bomb. Man. And then, and then everyone clapped. The end. <laughs> and then Albert Einstein died. <laughs> <laughs> Just has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> like, no. But um I wanted it to happen. But real talk, I we've had a lot more time for this movie to settle in mm-hmm. since we've seen it. It's been a couple weeks at this point. In yeah. Extra. And I saw it for a second time with yeah. you at the theater. So, um, in my opinion, it hasn't changed at all. I, I've basically just solidified into what my initial impression was. And I, yeah. I just really liked it a lot. I, really I, did I too. think, I don't know if it's my favorite yet. I need to. I want to rewatch the Prestige because I still think the Prestige a good one. is my favorite. Really good one. That's always been my favorite Nolan movie. I just I adore that movie. But I I felt like I almost liked this more. Yeah. I don't know if I do, but I I do think it's like a better movie. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I just, 
I want to rewatch a prestige, but this, this feels like a really big achievement for him. And just, it just feels like, like a really special movie. I don't, in terms Mm -hmm. of like the filmmaking and stuff and just that we have someone like Nolan that can make a movie like this and do filmmaking the way he does. And that's like, makes a billion dollars yeah, or however much it made it. it, um, It's now his highest grossing non Batman movie. Which is crazy because Inception exists. There's Inception. That movie was huge. This is bigger. This is technically bigger than Interception and Interstellar now. Interception. Interception. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I still have a cold. I'm a little loopy. Interstellar. Yeah, Interception and Interstellar. You can pronounce words. Intercept. (laughs) Intercept. Now you're all psyched out. Interception and Interstellar. God. Yeah, I'm I'm out of it. I have a lot of snot in my brain. But in Dark Knight, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in Dark Knight. <laughs> but yeah, I um, I Batman thought it was fantastic, incepts. and I, I don't think I've. Here's the thing that you hear: it's like, all right, it's a, it's a biopic about the guy who made the atom bomb. All right, it seems like a really obvious movie Robert to Oppenheimer, make. and. I remember when the trailers for the for this movie were coming out, and I was like, "This is, feels like something that Nolan was like born to make." I don't yeah, know why; it just yeah. seems like something that he like. It's, it's like, almost, yeah, he was meant to make this movie. Yeah, it's kind of like his whole career was kind of like pointed to this. Not to say that yeah. I, I'm not claiming whether it's his best <clears throat> film or not, but it's yeah. like it feels like nolan just this whole time is is just like yes this is what i've wanted to do forever i've just i've never seen a movie with like this kind of structure this kind of pacing Mm -hmm. because i was telling you in the parking lot i felt like this movie was just rising action to climax and then even when the movie technically has its climax at the atom bomb like the test that's like the big moment in the movie it still just like keeps going you yeah, know? and maybe you can say that sort of like fall like has falling action a bit and like chills out, but it still just feels like it keeps going until the very end. Like even with all yeah, the- which is great because it could be easy to to get into that pitfall that yeah. like you know once you, they have the the test explosion, it's like oh, and then and then you know they they actually drop the bomb. It's like oh, what's what's left after that? You know, there's yeah. it could have easily been like really boring, but yeah, does a great job at like keeping you invested in what's going on. I remember I was making the metaphor with you um, about how I felt like the movie itself, what the structure of the movie felt like it was mimicking the science of an atom bomb. Yeah, and, yeah, I did, and like I only that. know this because the movie explains to me how it works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My I dad called me and like a- asked if I had seen it, and we talked about it a bit. And he was like, "I felt so, I felt really smart watching it." You know? <laughs> I still um, didn't. I I hear them talking, and I'm like, I still don't really understand. But that's okay. Yeah, but it was like just how they were explaining how everything worked, and I'm like, okay, so the movie's like so scattered. It's like, all right, uh, him in college, him. Being a teacher, it's like the timeline of everything is so like, it's like, all right, this is happening now, this is happening now, this is happening now, there's this character now, we're going back to this character now, we're going back to this character. Yeah, it's very fast-paced. It's fast very, paced. very fast-paced and hardly ever lets down. There's almost Barely always Barely a dull moment, honestly. The music is always driving the movie, and I've heard people say they don't like how much music there is in the movie, but it worked for me. Like, yeah. I, I really liked how, like, 
centric mute the use of score is in yeah, driving is a really this movie great forward score. so i was like oh i just wish there'd be like 10 minutes of like no music and it's just like quiet and i'm like but no that would like kind of break the pace i feel like if you just slow down and you just well have... there were moments there were moments where there there literally is no score and i yeah. feel like because there's so much music in the whole movie it makes those moments like kind of stand out yeah in a way. when it needs you to really like I feel like it, it smartly uses, it, it takes away music during, like, the right time, but it really right. isn't ever quiet for long, you know? Yeah. But the way the movie, it's so scattered, but it keeps going back to this, like, core of the movie is, like, the black and white scenes, and... um there's like this core of the story of this movie and all of these scattered parts that lead to it are, are just like honing into it. And by the time you get to the end of the movie, it's like all condensed into this one part. And even at the end when he's in the meeting room and the visuals look like the bomb is going off and like everything gets really like overblown and light and stuff. And it's like, that's like the moment where the structure of the movie condenses and like the bomb of the story goes off essentially. Yeah. I do like that. And it's just really cool. And, um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. That might've been the intent. I don't know if I'm being pretentious and looking too much into how it was structured, but I felt like the movie (laughs) was structured to emulate like how this, how the bomb itself worked and the narrative itself is like this bomb that you're waiting to like condense into this one thing and just wait for it to go off. Um, yeah, but I thought just, it was awesome. I thought the music was amazing. Every performance was great. Um, I la- I almost laughed when Josh Peck so- showed up for one second, and then, yeah, you, and then yeah, you don't like see him line. again for like another hour. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is that like this, the whole cast is stacked, yeah. and you know some actors get more screen time than others, but then there's like some actors that are like very recognizable and like maybe my personal favorites. And then like, like Rami Malek, for instance, but he's filmed like he's an extra. Yeah. 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 For like the, like the, the, for so much of the movie, any scene that he's in, he like says nothing. He's just like there. And then finally, like at the M, he just like, uh, (laughs) pun intended or not, uh, drops the bomb, you know, at, at the courtroom. And he's like one, it becomes like one of the most, he has like one of the most pivotal roles in I, in the plot. I feel like that was it was smart to use an actor like him that a lot of people know and yeah, he's very like, he's oh, very hey, identifiable, but it's like That's you, you kind of notice him like in a lot of scenes of like yeah. people talking in important conversation. So when he drops that information at the end of the movie, you're like, Oh yeah. Like that's why he knows everything. Cause he was there. But if it was someone you don't visually recognize, yeah. it, you know, a, a, another movie would flash back to all of the scenes of him, which this movie had to do <laughs> right. a lot. So this like movie had to do that a lot, which I, I actually liked. It'd be, they'd mention someone's name and they'd flash like a scene of them from that before, which they, they helpful, have to yeah. do because it's a lot of names to keep track of. But yeah, but outside of that, I mean, for Rami Malek, um, you know, they, they used an actor like him that people would recognize because you kind of notice him. You're like, oh, that's Robbie Malik, And you kind of see him throughout the movie when he's not doing anything. And when he does yeah. something, you understand why he has the info like, he does. Oh, so they didn't hire Rami Malik for a non-speaking yeah. <laughs> role. 
I was yeah. I was waiting. It was like, when is he gonna like do something important? Yeah, and then he does. But he got like he got like the Diary of a Wimpy Kid dude. He got like the Han. Um, I don't remember who he was. I never seen Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I just so. remember seeing posts of it, and it's like he's in a Nolan movie. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a kid from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Diary yeah. of a Wimpy Josh Kid. Peck. Josh um, Peck. It's like very strange. Ca- you have like all these. Actors, I feel like younger generations would recognize a lot more. And then obviously you have like mm. um, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, like a lot of yeah. just very big stars that everyone recognizes. But um, a lot Robert, of people uh, that I feel like only people like you and me would recognize, like uh, Ben Safdie. Yeah. Like he's not that well known, but you and I know him because he's like a very, he's yeah. become a very. I feel like prof- more people would recognize director. him at this point, but he's still, he's not like everyone knows him you know right but I, yeah. uh, he does a really good russian accent he does he, he's, um, he does it very well very like, convincing kind of makes me wonder if he's like gonna take a break from filmmaking i yeah. hope not i want him to make more movies yeah, with same. his brother but apparently they've kind of broken up uh kind of, they've kind of pulled a cohen brother yeah i've heard stuff like maybe they're gonna try i don't know i don't think it's anything dramatic but yeah you know i mean even the cohen brothers they're like yeah they, we just want to make movies on our own yeah and apparently they're already back together working on something so uh also robert Downey jr is probably the best performance i've seen since zodiac i i would really like him to win an oscar he was amazing one. yeah yeah he, it was so so refreshing to see him not act like tony stark you know yeah because i yeah. feel like i mean there was a doolittle movie he just probably acted quirky like it's he's always just or like sherlock holmes I just feel like yeah or sherlock holmes he's just always had a very specific character he played ever since he was cast as iron man you know yeah um and it was nice to just see him be a really serious like dramatic actor for something yeah because he he's does. he's really good and I've, we've always known he's good i mean he was great as tony stark it's not a knock against that but yeah i mean he literally just, took was, that role as his own yeah it was just nice to see him flex certain acting muscles again and even he was like yeah i was like oh, i had to like felt rusty after playing iron man for so long you know and, yeah um, i mean that's so, why we didn't see him in anything for so long yeah it was like all he did so it's it's exciting to see him do something like that yeah, and I'm obviously to... Killian Murphy is just insane. Yeah, like I feel like he'll probably get an Oscar. He's amazing. Emily Blunt was great. Emily I mean, she's Blunt. always great. But... Yeah, Florence Pugh. So everyone was good in this. Like Josh Peck, it was even good, and he didn't do much. But like, yeah. man, he no one knew how to direct him. He knew how to give really good expressions, and yeah, uh, the scene where he's like gets to push the button for the bomb and all that, like. Yeah, even Dane DeHaan. It's like yeah, he had a simple say, role, DeHaan, but like, doesn't, like the casting out. director was it was just, the casting was perfect for even the minor roles. See, yeah, see, fit. like Dane DeHaan, like um, he's just always been miscast. Yeah, like he's not a bad actor. Don't put him. Don't have him be your sci-fi action hero. Yeah, and uh, whatever. Or Harry Osborn. Harry Osborn. Yeah, but like he was in the HBO miniseries The Staircase, and yeah. he was good in that. And you know he's good in uh, Chronicle too, even though I haven't yeah. seen that in ages. So like, yeah, like is you have the right director, you know, and they have the right role for him. Then, then yeah, he's good. Um, mm-hmm. Also, shout out to Jack Quaid as well. Oh yeah, uh, from The Boys. Yep. Um, I didn't know this until recently. He's the son of Dennis Quaid. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Actor. Yeah. <laughs> like, duh. 
Uh, I just didn't realize that until I... I didn't know that. Yeah, that makes I, sense. I recently heard an interview with Dennis Quaid. He's hmm. like, oh, yeah, my, my son, Jack. My boy. <laughs> my, old, my boy. But yeah, Florence Pugh is great. She's my she's my crush. Uh, yeah, she's K- always good in like anything. Casey Affleck. Casey yeah. Affleck. He was like when he came on. Uh, that was like I like kind of laughed inside. That was the moment where I was like, man, all these actors that I yeah recognize I didn't know how I, like there up. was some I didn't know were gonna be in it. You know, it's also funny to think that his character apparently is like this notorious like ruthless kind of general who like. It, it, he like there's a scene where they he apparently he wanted to take this one prisoner out to a boat and interrogate him and then just kill him out oh my there. god yeah like you don't really get that from his performance but yeah. i guess that's like kind of the point exactly yeah like cuz oppenheimer's not really supposed to know that yeah. just from his one interaction with him so mm-hmm. i thought that was funny trying to think i feel like there are other people oh yeah alex wolf too yeah yeah which i'm normally not a big fan of but like he was fine Mm -hmm. in it too um i think that's that's about it in terms of like it's just such a it's just like a monumental movie in terms of casting direction how actors were utilized the structure how music was utilized the practicality of everything like the weird space like uh, scientific visual effects transitions and like everything was just completely practical and mm. sound design especially like during the, the test how everything was quiet and you only hear like the ruffling of clothes or when he's giving his speech and just, yeah, just yeah, sound design great. and visual direction and how they are able to employ the emotions of Oppenheimer and what he's feeling and thinking just through visual keys and not having it explained like I feel like nothing in the movie is like like told to you like you're dumb like it's so there is so <laughs> much information in this movie so mm. many people so much science so much so many politics yeah but it did it, get, it, and like, it's a lot of ta- it's obviously just a lot of people talking and there's three yeah, hours of it in my first viewing I did like I I did feel maybe just a little tiny bit overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, but not too much, but like a second rewatch definitely like is, you know, is, makes it worth it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's just insane that they fit that. Like it didn't feel long at all to me. Yeah, there was no, only yeah. one point where I was like, how much I, I thought, how much longer is this? Because after, they do the test drop and then it keeps going. And I'm like, man, I wonder like what else is going to happen? Like how much longer is left in this? Like, yeah. Was that only the halfway point? I kind of <laughs> like had that thought at one point, but wasn't really out of impatience or anything. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny how like um, a couple of the like most pivotal scenes and the ones that everyone's like going to think about how really they're just like really silent. Uh-huh. Um you know, even though it's a movie about an atom bomb, like yeah. literally the test of the atom bomb, like the first initial drop, it's like so quiet. Yeah. You know, and I love that. Part of and me was like, are they just not even going to have an explosion sound at all? Yeah. I, no. I almost would have thought part of me was 
almost hoping that would be the case because that's kind of cool. It's like you wait for the big crazy moment and then you don't even hear it. You just see it. Right. And part of me, I I like that they let it stay as quiet as long though. And I do, I'm not saying I would have thought that I think that would be better. I actually like when the explosion sound hit, it like jolted me and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. It's cool. And I guess that's like more, which, you know, shout out honestly to the sound design. I loved how they like made explosions, uh, realistic yeah like because whenever they were like testing bombs there was always that like split second of a delay yeah and i love that that's more realistic than that's how it it usually is in movies where it's just like you see the explosion and instantly yeah but in this movie it's like no yeah sound travels you know yeah and i guess that's why you have i mean they did real explosions for the movies so they could they probably like tracked how the sound actually traveled too i don't know maybe if they recorded the actual explosion sounds that would but be very difficult to do, I feel like. They probably didn't go, like, that far, but I know the explosion, like, they actually did blow stuff up, you know? Like, they actually recorded yeah. real explosions. <laughs> yeah. There's... I mean, they, I'm sure there was the whole thing about, oh, he actually dropped a real nuke for the movie. And I'm like, it was probably, like, a small-scale thing that they just made look big. Like, I, yeah. I doubt it, it is that practical that they actually let him drop a real atom bomb. Right. Because yeah. that was, like, the article. It was like, he dropped a real nuke, and it's like, uh, did Wait, he, really? Though? People were, like, actually... There was an article that? that they, like, let him drop a real nuke or something. <laughs> and I'm like, they probably... He probably got to drop a really small scale version i don't know what exists out there in terms of that but <laughs> yeah, um okay. but yeah it's it was still like just a small scale something that they filmed and then obviously made it seem like it was bigger than right it is. yeah but i did love there was this one video on instagram from this guy i can't remember his name so sorry but like um, basically is like how Christopher Nolan filmed Oppenheimer and it's him like talking to the guy helping him make the movie. He's like, okay, so we're, you know, we're working on the CGI. And he's like, excuse me, what <laughs> CGI? He's like, yeah, you know, like for the bomb, he's like, we're not going to use CGI for this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Like, we're going to use a real atom bomb. <laughs> like, really? What, where are we even going to like drop it? And he's like, where did it happen? Like, where's this movie taking place? He's like, no. We're not, we're not going to drop the bomb on, on uh, where was it? I forget. <laughs> it's, where did they drop the bomb? Where oh, did they drop the it was in New Mexico, right? Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. But yeah, basically, that was that was the joke. Is that he oh, was gonna, yeah, like, yeah. Drop it again <laughs> yeah, just there. He's like, like get, but there's get a, out of my office. Like, there's like a, a village there now. Don't <laughs> care. It has like, to be accurate. No, I don't care. You know? They're they're giving me money to do this and they don't care. <laughs> it's it's just wild to me that we have a filmmaker like him still that is so adamant about practicality and yeah and it's he's a filmmaker and his movies are thing like him as a filmmaker and his movies is a thing that's very appealable to a general public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes me wonder like how come it's like only him. There's like him Tarantino. You know, there's a couple like filmmakers where, but then. And all these other superhero it's movies like why, and whatever. It's like, why doesn't that encourage other really big directors to become like as big as them, you know? and It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like, think why does why do other big Hollywood things, like, not realize that that's a very appealable thing to people? And I don't know I, if it's, like, cheaper to just, like, have everything be CGI or what. I think it is because you can, because animators just 
don't really get paid or treated that's true. that well. Yeah, so, so you that's that get gotta away be with it. it. Yeah. Is that like studios are just like, no, we're not gonna And pay practical money stuff, for, like, if you mess it up, design. it's like you wasted all that money if you ruin it. Like r- the Lord of the Rings, the Helm's Deep battle, when they blew up the wall, they had one shot to get to film that wall blowing up or else they would have to redo it all, you know? Yeah. It's like with CGI, you can just undo it, you know, it's safer. Right. That's a thing, you know, but it's exciting for movies to take risks. I mean, it's even a big thing with really the Mission it. Impossible movies, like the crazy practical stunts that are like insane. And he really yeah, did that. Like the freaking like one of the most successful movies of recent recent time, uh Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. You know? It's like the point like I think there's a bit of a research even Barbie, that was a big aspect of it. Like people loved the practical sets and the like, yeah. you know, it wasn't like Mandalorian, the weird greens which is like cool and all. Like it looked good in the first season, but like I think people at least in a general public sense, it feels like people are kind of appreciating that more than usual lately. I hope so. I don't know. I feel I like people feel like got studios... so I think I, I'm not like a Marvel contrarian. I'm not like, oh, Marvel's the worst thing ever. Like, I, there's a lot of it I enjoy. I loved like the new Guardians too and stuff. But yeah, but, but like the new like stuff like the new Ant Man movie, an like the era. new Marvels movie, the new yeah. whatever. They all just look so cheap and bad. And all the Disney Plus shows, yeah. they all just visually look really bad. And I think people are kind of starting to notice. Even like some a lot of the like Star Wars shows and stuff. I just think people notice how bad a lot of it looks. And now seeing stuff like Barbie and Oppenheimer and Top Gun and the new Mission Impossible or even like John Wick, like people love those because they're real practical stunts that are just filmed well. Yeah. Or maybe not because of that, but <clears throat> it's like maybe people it's more of a subconscious thing. Yeah. That people sense that this looks real and maybe they're not thinking about whether it's yeah, CGI I don't, or not. That's the thing. I don't think a lot of people realize that or right. think about that. I think they just see it and it engages them as something as something that is more exciting and more intense and they yeah. don't really know why and they're just like oh just because it's john wick so it's exciting but it's like well yeah. john wick is exciting to people because it's directed by a stunt man you yeah know, but who you knows know how to film that stuff and I, I i do think a lot of popular movies right now are kind of things that are more well-made in that regard, which is kind of cool. Oh, sure, I, yeah. I hope it's a trend that keeps going. Um, yeah. But we'll see. And know? I think it's also just the fact that, like, Oppenheimer has, it's a very compelling story. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a story literally well everyone, performed. like, knows or is kind of aware of right yeah there's a ton of details in this i didn't know about but everyone knows about oh yeah the atom bomb that's a big deal world war ii like duh yeah but it's like not really a war movie you never see a battlefield and i like that yeah they never show a battlefield they never they don't show like they don't show Hiroshima or Nagasaki getting bombed. It's like that's you, you the, see. You that's only, what I was looking for. Yeah, you <laughs> only see the test drop. But yeah. I, I love that you never see like war because it's, it's just so obviously it's about Oppenheimer. You know, he wasn't right. there. It's it's not trying to manipulate you to feel like one way about what he did. It's just you're with Oppenheimer through yeah, the story. Yeah, and maybe that's the know? point because like Oppenheimer, you know, there's the whole his whole conflict with. Uh, you know whether this is a, a moral and ethical thing to do. It was like the to make scene. this bomb, yeah, and it it makes sense because like he is so detached from what's actually going on, yeah. in, in the real world, and obviously he's and that's why he can justify it. You and know? I didn't know he was Jewish, so like having that kind of like yeah. motivation behind it too is interesting. But yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's you know I've seen I've seen certain observations about the movie saying it didn't focus on like 
parts of the war, certain aspects of the war enough, or it focused on like Oppenheimer and America too much, but it's like, it's about how it impacted like America. It's like a Mm -hmm. very certain perspective and, and how um, it impacted one person. Yeah. And we, and we gauge through Oppenheimer as a character in this movie, how it's going to affect everyone else, you know? And it's, it's about knowing what it was like for something like this to, come about in the fear of like what it what is it going to do and then realizing we're in a world where that happened a long time ago and everyone has access to this thing now yeah you know it's like the it's like the crazy part of it is like watching this happen and being like oh yeah like every country has like this thing now you know yeah it's but seeing the origin and the cause of it and like what what people were thinking the world was going to be like afterwards and then being like, well, we're in the world. We know what it's like now. And it's just, right. it's wild. It's really, it's just in the execution of it is very important because another director could have done this and just made it very schlocky and like on the nose and very obvious. And yeah. I would have walked away from it feeling like I already knew everything about, I already know this <laughs> message. I already feel that way. Or I have, I already know like how people feel about this thing or that thing. But with this movie, I, f- I felt like I learned a lot and right. it, I felt like it provided a really interesting, maybe not like a brand new perspective. Like, Whoa, I had no idea the atom bomb was going to be like crazy <laughs> controversial. Um, but being able to walk away from a movie like that and feel like I learned something and just yeah. have this really engaging perspective and, uh, and, just feel like I learned a lot, especially about the politics of uh, at the time, too. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's fascinating, and I just I loved how it was done. Yeah, and I, I f- it felt very like honest and like just I don't know. I just I, I can totally see this movie being made by someone else, and it's just completely like maybe mm-hmm. on paper it's like the same story plays out but the way it's shown oh sure the writing yeah. of it would just like completely make it so uninteresting yeah i mean you know? and that was something or, that or I obvious was, which is even worse right usually. yeah like you said on the nose and yeah. that was something that i was worried about was that like it's like is this movie going to come off as like like totally completely like anti-war and like look at all these evil people and what they did and and just like just very one-sided but I felt like it came off like really, really well balanced and like very uh, like the, the reaction to the movie has been very like non-controversial. Yeah, exactly. That's what's fascinating to or me. anything. That's what's fascinating to me. It's like the uh, like compared to Bar- it's like Barbie was the controversial one. But like yeah. <laughs> but Oppenheimer, the like the one about really the nuclear intense, bomb, the one about the nuclear bomb <laughs> and like communism and really intense politics of yeah. like America in the 40s was like not really controversial because yeah. it comes it off just, very balanced. Yeah. It doesn't it, feel like Nolan was making the movie just because he, so he wasn't making a statement. He really wasn't like, anything. I'm on like, I'm going to like make a personal like high ground statement and like point fingers and like wag my finger at people and act all yeah. high and mighty it's just a story that the n- nuance and details of it are f- apparently not known by a lot of people and uh, i just he wanted he f- it felt like it was a story he f- really wanted to tell a certain way because no one else has done it yeah yeah that Cause, way because when it comes to like the subject of you know the dropping of the nuclear bomb and the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Mm. Um, 
you know, you have one people on one side that, you know, are, you know, think that that never should have happened. We never should have done that. And then we have people on the other side that are like, no, it was necessary. But in the end, I think the movie does a good job at, you know, communicating something that everyone can agree on is that that either way it sucked. Yeah. You know, it sucked that it happened yeah. and it affected a lot of people and uh yeah, and we're paying the consequences for it since then. Yeah, so, it's not yeah. just a oh man, like it's not a total one-sided like desperately trying to be um I don't know what's what's the term I'm looking for? Like a statement or Hang on, I'm having a brain fart. You can cut this out. Okay. Uh, I'll just cut your whole part of this podcast uh, out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just talk with myself. Yeah. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. We're talking about how like it doesn't come off as like. Um, yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like he wanted to make it as like a virtue signal. You know. Right. Um, yeah. Like, look how. It's like, yeah, you can make a movie and I, I can maybe technically agree with the points, but if it's told in a way that feels like really preachy, I it just like rubs me the wrong way, even if it's something I agree with. Yeah. So I, I just like that it doesn't feel like a preachy movie, you know? That that's yeah. the aspect of it. It feels more like educational and more mm-hmm. like, hey, this is and obviously, like, it's not trying to come across as all of this actually happened, mm-hmm. like, one for one. In fact, he even right. said the black and white stuff is supposed to be more of the real, like, this is what probably really, like, this is more of a factual retelling and the colored stuff is more, like, yeah, you know, it's more loose, I guess. I can't yeah. remember how he worded it, but... Yeah, it's just good. You know, like I, I feel dr- like it opens up people to conversation about that more healthily than it would have if the movie yeah. was just like it hard cuts to showing all of like the innocent people like being bombed, you know, and it's like look how horrible this is and it's like well I know it's horrible, but it, but or it could have gone the other way and like shown how not hardly shown that but then just cut to we won the war and we saved everyone thanks yeah. to this amazing invention. What a hero, <laughs> you know? It's not right. obvious. It's it's not so shallow as to pretend that one of those messages is, like, the complete truth. Right, yeah, it's more you like... Because it's complicated, mm-hmm. and that's the, I think that's the point of the movie, is that this thing that we made... I mean, there's obviously the uh, the... Mytho- the mythology they referred to. Oh yeah, with um, what's his name? Prometheus. <laughs> yeah, Prometheus. Which is funny because Killian Murphy was in the movie Prometheus. Oh yeah, he was. <laughs> but yeah, there's like obviously the re- reference to that. It's like it's more just how like we we made this and we can't we can't take it out of this world now that we've yeah. brought it in and. Yeah, it's like whether you're like anti-war or not or anti-nuclear bomb or not, uh, you can't get away from the fact that like this is this, this is the is world heavy. we live in now, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and it's dark, yeah. you know, it's scary. <laughs> you have to accept that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I think it really does a great job at like portraying the weight of the whole situation. Yeah. And I guess, you know, we just see, see it clearly through Oppenheimer's character and through yeah. Killian Murphy's uh, performance. Yeah. Cause it, you do have to wonder like, what is it like to be 
the person that essentially is responsible for something like that coming into the world yeah. and having to think for the rest of your life, what, what is this going to mean for yeah. like the planet and <laughs> it's other honestly, governments. And it's uh, kind of surprising that Oppenheimer never like killed himself. Or yeah. Anything. I, it's like, how old was he? Like how long did he live? A while. I don't know. Let's ask our good friend Siri. Yeah, it's just it's just an How insane old was story. Oppenheimer when he died? J. Robert Oppenheimer died the 18th of February, 1967, at age 62 in Princeton. Yeah, okay. Oh, I guess he wasn't that old. I guess that's kind of normal for like the 50s and 60s. Yeah, I guess so. We yeah. live longer now, but it's true. I mean, he also probably cut 20 years off his life with stress during that time. Oh, sure, yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, it's it's an amazing movie. I think the they take such an intense and very, like, almost, like, dehumanizing event in our history, one that impacted the entire world, and they, they make the message of it almost almost like universal in a way. Like, I feel like anyone can watch this and understand like the weight of what happened and the importance of it and the danger of it. And, um, I I just, I I never felt like I saw anyone trying to say this movie was like super politically one way or the other. Everyone was just like, man, that's crazy. Yeah. And I I think that's what this movie really achieves is, you know, it's not really about that. It's just about, you know how how it impacted humanity just in general. You yeah, know? not it's about one man. Not who was bad or good. I mean, obviously there's aspects of that within it, but for the specific story, you know, it's like yeah, it's, it's about not, one man. It's like we can all we can all there's something within the story we can all agree to on, build a you bomb. know, and that it's scary and just yeah, and that really, the world would probably be better a without a movie. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend. Shout out to my friend Corey if he's listening because he's become a, a fan of, of the show. Hi, Corey. But he was like, uh, he had not seen Oppenheimer yet. And he's like, I heard that it was like a like a horror movie. <laughs> I was like, no, not really. I mean, it's like I guess thrilling, I guess. It's like thrilling. And I intense, guess there were moments of the movie that are like horrific maybe the part when he's giving the speech and he's He's like seeing that he's seeing the dead bodies like that's creepy but i wouldn't call it like a horror movie i got scaled yeah (laughs) but uh no yeah um i just thought that was funny and i wanted to tease my friend Corey. so yeah i don't know i'm trying to think if there's anything else to yeah in terms of like uh in the context of nolan films uh i mean i will say that like like when Tenet came around, I, I was kind of getting it. to the point where I was like getting a little Nolan fatigued, sorta. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I say Nolan fatigue, even though he comes out with a movie like every couple of years. Yeah, it, it, not in the sense of like, uh, sucks, but like, I feel like there was Dunkirk and then there was Tenet, and he doesn't release movies very often, so you get these two, and they're I think they're both really good, but they yeah, don't I they really don't like ring Dunkirk. to me as like well these are masterpieces of yeah. film, and I know people that there's some people that like love Tenet, yeah, and I, I want to rewatch it again 
because I'm curious. It's a very interesting, unique movie to me, but I, I don't love it really. But I think, a, it's, I think it's good. I think it's a, really good. There's a but. version uploaded on YouTube of it's it's Tenet but reversed. <laughs> so you watch the whole movie in reverse. Of course. I was like, I should maybe watch that sometime. as it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah one one person commented on it. It's like. So all I, all I got to really do is just, like, download this and then put it in reverse, and then I just have a free copy of Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. everyone always says, like, I, I always heard people say, yeah, you have to you watch it, and if you the second time you watch it, like, something really clicks with it. That's kind of the feeling that because I got, I guess there's I like this watched There's, like, a the loop with time. it or something. I don't know. It's almost intended to be watched twice. Yeah. Was how a lot of people say it, but... Yeah, I'm I'm more, like, appreciated Tenet rather than, like, actually, like, got a whole Yeah, that was, like, a filmmaking it. show-off kind of yeah. thing, and Dunkirk and was good, but it was, it's, like, it was a World War One movie, you know? It was really good, and it was unique for a World World War movie, but it's World War Two, I think. Oh, is it two? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I said one. Um, nineteen seventeen is World War One, and yeah, that, that came that out like around the same time. That's probably why I thought. I, that. I really, really enjoy Dunkirk, but it, it's not like my favorite. And you know, you it's guys, just like a well-made war movie. Like it doesn't. Yeah, it rings as just like a war movie with a Nolan, Nolan twist. Yeah. Because of course, even with Oppenheimer, he can't make <clears throat> a, a movie with like a normal timeline. Yeah, he has to have like flashbacks or whatever. I just feel like Oppenheimer stuff. feels more like his pre-Batman stuff. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the Prestige and all that. Maybe Prestige. Even, I don't know, but it's, Inception is still good. Interstellar, I haven't watched in a long time. I would um, like to watch it again, but I've only seen it once in theaters, and I, I liked same. it. But I just I remember the. Didn't really the weird trippy universe bookshelf yeah, I, stuff not yeah. really working for me, but I don't know. Maybe I would think it's super cool now. Yeah, I just didn't really feel the draw to like go back to it. But that um, that's also a lot of people's favorite Nolan. I feel like a lot, almost every movie. I don't know. I don't see a lot of people say it about Dunkirk, but I, I feel like almost mm-hmm. any Nolan movie, aside from that, maybe like Dark Knight Rises. I see a lot of people say is their favorite. Yeah. And I was kind of talking to you about it. Like, I don't know if I would say Nolan's like one of my favorite directors. I certainly get excited when he announces a new movie. For yeah, sure. it's like I'm definitely it's an event. See it. It's yeah. like an event when he makes a new movie, you know. And, and he's one of the few directors these days that like draws in like the amount of people that he does yeah. just because it's a movie he made. Yeah, exactly. Like anyone will see anything that he makes, which is yeah. super cool. Because yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of directors that have as much pull as him that really do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking to you about how, like, I wonder if... I'm not saying he's Stanley Kubrick. Let me just preface it with that. But mm-hmm. he is I was saying now a lot of people who are super into film and stuff, you know, they get really into a lot of the classics like George Orwell and Stanley Kubrick and stuff. And it's like, man, I wonder what it was like to... Wait, did you say George Orwell? Oh, wait, yeah, why did I say that? The writer of 1984. No, yeah, oh my gosh. Um, It's my favorite director. (laughs) I meant to say, oh my God, who did I meant to say? Who did I mean? I don't know who you meant to say. Wait. George Lucas? Orson Welles. Orson Welles. George Orwell, Orson Welles, whatever. George Orson Welles. Yeah, you can (laughs) my brain is off. All right, Orson Welles. You know, people like Orson Welles, Stanley Kubrick, like wondering what it was like to be like around our like adults like going to the theater to see a new Stanley Kubrick movie like kind of wondering what the vibe of it was like how did people talk about Kubrick um and I feel like Nolan now he's kind of in that status and by Mm -hmm. the time like 50 years from now when like Nolan or 
how, however long from now when Nolan's passed away, um, his filmography is going to live on in a similar way to people like Kubrick, you know? And, yeah. Um, and I, I, I just feel like, I don't know, a hundred years from now when people are talking about really important directors, iconic directors, you're obviously going to have, you know, the people I mentioned, but I, I think someone like Nolan would be very included in that and even people like Tarantino. Um, and it just feels like, feel like he's one of the last directors ever. that is that big <laughs> ever. I feel like he's one of the last remaining directors in the modern time that just pulls people based off his name. Cause like we yeah. still, we have a lot of indie directors that pull a good amount of people. Yeah. But you have like your Wes Anderson's and Paul yeah. Thomas Anderson's, but they're not like, and like you, you, they're not like household names. And you people, know? you know, even like Greta Gerwig, like people really like her, but that Barbie wouldn't have made a billion dollars if it wasn't Barbie. You right. know, that was a pull because of Barbie. I think it was a combination. It was escalated of of because of Greta Gerwig, but Greta Gerwig, if she had just made like a very similar movie, but it wasn't Barbie. It wouldn't have like been that huge. Yeah. I think it was a because, combination of it being, you know, it's a it's a known IP Barbie. It's directed it's both. by like, Greta people Gerwig, are aware of her, you but know? also the star power, yeah. Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie. That's definitely gonna and, there, and there's movies in. that make money because like actors are in it and stuff. Yeah, but, I yeah. mean MCU is hardly made up of people hardly ever seen MCU director MCU movie for a director, you know, right. unless it's like. Oh yeah, Taika Waititi, but like no one likes him anymore. Right. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like Nolan Tarantino, and there's probably a, a couple others that I'm not thinking of is one of the last. Those are like the big two ones, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Scorsese. Oh um, yeah, Scorsese for sure. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't mention him. Absolutely. Scorsese. Maybe the Coen Brothers, but they're yeah. still kind of a little bit more. But yeah, uh, it's like Scorsese yeah. and Nolan and like Tarantino. It feels like there's so few directors that. No matter what they make, people will see it. Yeah. And it'll make a lot of money and do really well. Yeah. So. Greta Gerwig maybe has potential to be up there pretty soon, especially because I would of hope Barbie. So. Yeah, I think Barbie's going to put her on the map, and I'm really excited to see like if she ends up With like, the where Narnia her career movies. ends up going, you know? Yeah. Not yeah. to get not to get all feminist one oh one on you, but we could use a woman director in the ranks of great directors that go down in history. I, I, I feel don't like Greta Gerwig would be they, good, they just they just got. I'm be just saying director. it'd be nice. It'd be cool. No, yeah, no, it's cool. fine. I got no problem with it. Um, and I feel like I'll, I'm just saying like I feel like if w- a current I don't care what director right now, it's like you know I think she probably could be the one to break into that and become like a huge like everyone in the general public will go see a Greta Gerwig movie. Maybe. I mean, she already has lady bird and little women and yeah, a lot of people have seen those, especially uh, little women. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, Christopher Nolan, he's, uh, he's definitely made a a name for himself. He's like up there with like the Spielbergs of the world. Yeah. Spielberg, like Scorsese, Nolan, you know, Tarantino, um, yeah, I don't know why I didn't mention Spielberg. That's an obvious one too. Well, he's he's very obvious. He's yeah. like the one director that everyone knows. He's like the director. You yeah. Know? yeah, he's the director. Whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, Oppenheimer just felt like very fresh in terms of in terms of Nolan in a way, but also just in terms of movies in general. I I didn't. 
I felt like I'd never seen something like that. It's probably the, it's easily maybe the best biopic I've seen ever. Ever. Okay. Probably. I can't really think of many movies where I'm like, oh, that's an like I don't think I have a biopic as like a favorite movie of all time. That's true. Uh, There's a lot of good biopics, but I, I'm gonna go. Back I feel like this is see. the most creatively well done one that had a really good purpose that oh, wasn't just Spencer. Spencer, yeah. I feel like this is better. This is better than Spencer. Even though, the, oh really? Probably, okay. yeah. I mean, I like oh. Spencer. I don't. I need to rewatch Spencer. I was really hyped five star on that one for a long time. I want to rewatch it, but I. I think it's I cool. like Spencer a lot, but Oppenheimer feels way more like well made and important of a movie. You sure, know? yeah, but yeah, Spencer. I would say it's up there. Spencer's up there for me for my favorites. But that's like it's hard to call that a biopic. Yeah, it, it does because it's, take it's a lot very of intentionally liberties. not uh, trying to be that accurate or trying oh, to pretend it happens for yeah, real. Yeah, and I guess my favorite biopic would be Braveheart. Yeah. Even though that movie even takes its its own artistic liberties, but yeah. you know, everyone does. Every but in, in terms does. of like movies that are strict, strictly kind of trying to tell a historical story with some accuracy. Yeah. This and is like up there and I think it's yeah. close to topping Bohemian Rhapsody, which is the highest grossing biopic of all time, and I hope it beats it because I hope so. Rhapsody well, sense. I mean, I guess I can't really say anything because I've never seen it, but Don't I've never know. wanted to. It's because, bad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was fine when it came out, and then I just like... I, was I mean, like, I love oh. Rami Malek, and I think he deserved his Oscar, but that movie's not his fault. Yeah. Really. It's, it's all the directing and the editing it is and not, such. Uh, it's just not that great. Yeah. <laughs> not that good. Not as good as Elvis, right? Elvis was cool. I don't know. I, I can't believe it. Warner Bros. let that movie exist. Really? Why? It's so weird. <laughs> did, you, did you see it? No, I didn't. It's like really an have it's any... like an insane person's movie. <laughs> I like legit can't believe that was like a Warner Bros. funded movie. It's so like just insane and stupid and crazy. Just didn't really have a desire because I just like it. Seemed like another Bohemian Rhapsody. I think it's really no, not at all. Huh. No, not no. At all. no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. For real though, it's it's not just like a, an Elvis biopic. It's it's like ridiculous how just it's just made by an insane person. <laughs> Baz Luhrmann, whatever his name is, I don't know. Buzz Buzz Lerman, yeah, Buzz Lerman, whatever. He made the he made the Romeo and Juliet movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, where it's like modern time. Oh, was that Romeo plus Juliet yeah. or whatever? <laughs> and he's an insane person in it, and everyone's like, "Draw your swords!" And they pull out guns, and it zooms in on the gun, and in it is etched like sword or something. <laughs> That's the oh, guy who made this that. Elvis movie, and it's incredibly obvious. That's There's, funny. like, a scene where Elvis is, like, in a church, like, <laughs> like, freaking out, and, like, his camera's, like, spinning around him, and everyone's just screaming. It's a, it, it's an insane... I don't, like, love it. I think it's good. It's just... See, it's hilarious that that is the Elvis movie now. See, that's what I've heard about the uh, Blondie movie, the Marilyn Monroe movie. I just heard that one's, like, really... I heard that one's just insane. I heard that one's insane. I would say it's insane. For, I didn't see it, but from what I've heard, I think it's insane for a completely different reason because it just gets like way too artsy and yeah and dumb. Yeah, Elvis is just edited and 
made by an insane person and Tom Hanks gives the funniest, like dumbest performance of all time. And yeah. I was like in, in the trailers that I saw, I was never, I was always like, what? Like there's okay. a seriously a sequence that like is so funny. It's like they're Tom Hanks's character and all these dudes are like listening to the radio and Elvis is on the radio and he's like, he sounds good, but like, I don't know. Like, cause like, I don't know if like, a colored person would do that well. And they're like, wait, sir, he's white. And then Tom <laughs> Hanks turns to the camera. He's like, wait, what? He's white. <laughs> and it like zooms in on him. Like really. Sl- and it's like, so it, zoom in on it's his very whiteness. intentionally edited to just be like so ridiculous. And it's so funny <laughs> and dumb. And it's made by an insane man. That's and funny. the whole movie is just ridiculous. I mean, editing. apparently Austin Butler lost his accent because of that movie. He was really good in it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. Isn't I think, I think new, it's hilarious that it got made. There's like, like a new a Elvis budget. movie that's out now. That's a b- more about his wife. Or I mean, whatever. it's literally called, I can't remember. What's her name? I don't, I'm remember. part of the problem. <laughs> um, it's just, a, it's like, who cares? It's about like the, the story from Elvis. her perspective or something. Right. It's yeah. like about her. And apparently critics like, like that one more, but I don't know. I really don't care. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Anyways, it's not made by an insane person on cocaine, though. So, <laughs> uh, that sounds boring. It's though. probably just more of a normal movie. Like, it's just probably more of a drama. Yeah. I- I'm just assuming. I don't know. It's Talk probably about fine. How it's probably much, good. How abusive Elvis was. Yeah. Which I don't even know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it's like about specifically. I don't know if it's supposed to be Elvis was actually bad. It's like the Tammy Faye movie. Oh, Three yeah. Eyes of Tammy Faye, whatever. Never saw that. Me neither. <laughs> Anyways, Oppenheimer biopics and Oppenheimer. We're here to talk. We're here over by Cordy to talk about what we learned today. And so would we have learned? Sorry, it's Veggie Tales. Oh, okay. What did we learn, Mitchell? (laughs) I learned that movies are really good right now, and I like them. Movies are awesome. I learned that from Babylon. There's a lot (laughs) because they had a whole. I'm not going to go into Babylon oh, I again. <laughs> I will never watch it. Babylon told me how good movies are. Wow. And Oppenheimer reminded me. So, yeah. What? Oppenheimer, I saw, the uh, first time I saw it, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Second time I saw it, 9 out of 10. I liked, I gave it yeah, a like. Yeah, you just liked it. Um, I feel like it has potential to be my favorite Nolan movie and my favorite Nolan movie is the only one of his I've given five stars which is The Prestige. You need to watch uh, Memento. Yeah, I need to watch that. I, I really th- like that I think that's one. the only one and I that haven't might seen at this point. Favorite. But yeah, I could see it if I rewatched it and I was just as high up on it, I could see it being like maybe five stars but at the mm. same time I'm like when would I ever be in the mood to want to watch that again? <laughs> I mean, well, I watched so it much. again. Yeah, that's and true. And I, I enjoyed it even more. Um, Probably watch it again with Abby because I know she kind of wanted to see it, but she didn't care enough to go see it in a the theater. Yeah. It's it's tied <clears> for <throat> my favorite movie so far this year. It's tied with uh, Across the Spider-Verse. What is... Which is crazy. I didn't, like, I don't know. Both of those movies are very, like, big blockbuster type movies. Yeah, it's my it's my number and one right now. One of them could end up being my number one. I don't know. This is a matter of life and death. But I can perform this miracle. World War II would be over. Our boys would come home. That's happening, isn't it? 
world will remember this day. Our work here will ensure a peace mankind has never seen. Until somebody builds a bigger one. You are the man who gave them the power to destroy themselves. And the world is not prepared. Truman needs to know what's next. Two. What's next? One. Yeah, let's let's talk about where we're at in the year so far. I'm kind I kind of need to uh, still catch up a lot, but I'll share my current list at the yeah, moment. Yeah, let's do that real quick. There's a lot of stuff I'm first real quick. Let's just preface like what we're still looking forward to or stuff we need to watch. Yeah, we always got to do um, our, our little I, update. <laughs> There's a lot of I I've only seen ten movies this year so far and new releases. I've watched more than like ten movies, but I've only seen ten new movies that release this year. Right, I'm kind of slacking. I feel like there's a lot I've been missing or need to see. I want to watch Bo's Afraid still. I don't know how much I'm gonna like it, but I still want to watch it. I'm still very curious as to. Um, what you're there's think I care. There's it. a few more I know I need to see. I'm really excited for uh, Agro Drift that's coming out because it's Harmony Kareen and he's insane. Uh, he is obviously insane. the new Miyazaki, uh, the boy and the herons coming out this year. That's that could end up being my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, that probably will be my favorite because the studio. Ghibli There's probably no Miyazaki. way. Yeah, um, it's just unfair. <laughs> but I feel like there was Dune two would have come out this year, but it got delayed. Yeah, which like you know sucks, but. It's strike stuff, so whatever, you know, I can wait. It's Yeah, fine. I wonder how much that's going to affect things. Like, I mean, like in terms of movies and such. It's Probably a lot. Like I mean, uh, Disney Plus, since they can't do anything and they don't have writers, they're literally reanimating a football game. What? In the style of Toy Story. What? Yeah, there was a commercial. It's like, we're reanimating the Ravens versus Packer, whatever teams it was. What? But yeah, they're like <laughs> animating a football game in Toy Story. What? And putting it on Disney Plus. It's like, wow, Wait, the it's right. It's like Toy Story characters, or it's just like Pixar kind of style? Just like Pixar style. What? I don't, it's weird. And I'm like, man, the writer's strike, Disney doesn't know what to do. <laughs> what? So, I mean, last time writer's strike happened. We got the worst stuff ever the last time a writer's strike happened, so I'm very excited to see what kind of crap we get this time. Because this time it's, like, way more serious, so. Um, but, yeah, that that's kind of a, that's the state of things. Um, oh, but yeah, my gosh, that's so funny. I can't remember what else is supposed to be coming out this year. That um, oh, uh, Killers, of, Killers the of the Flower Moon. Excited for that. Uh, hold on. Let me go to my watch list and see what's coming out this year. I feel like that there's a lot that I've been excited for, but I keep forgetting. Oh, uh, Past Lives came out. People have been talking about that a lot. Oh, yeah. That's supposed to be pretty good, so I'm interested to see that. What's this cobweb? It's like a horror movie. Oh, yeah, it's what Red Linter Media Yeah, I heard that's about. probably good. I want to check that out. Yeah. Um. There's also... There's Saw oh. X. Saw X. <laughs> Heck, Yeah. One ticket to Saw Patrol, please. Oh my gosh. Hideki Anno is coming out with a new movie. Oh, really? If he hasn't already. 
It's called Shin Common Rider. Oh yeah, um, and it looks duh. really bizarre. Yeah, he he but directed um, Shin Godzilla, which is probably I still need to see that. I, I mean, maybe aside from the original '50s one, it I think it's the best Godzilla movie. It's amazing, and yeah. I have two friends that saw Shin Common Rider, and they said it's amazing. And okay. you, you don't really need to have you don't really need to know anything about Common Rider to enjoy it. So. Because okay. Kamen Rider is like a big thing in Japan, like shows and movies and stuff. So okay, so yeah, I heard that's supposed to be great. Yeah, so I'm excited I'm interested for that. To see that, I love that he's still making stuff. Yeah, so that's exciting. He's, he's he wasn't that depressed that he stopped. <laughs> yeah, um, one movie I'm am curious about. Uh, I've never really seen anything by this director, but uh, the Holdovers by from Alexander Payne. Looks oh. pretty interesting. Uh, I think I've heard of that. It's this movie. I've seen trailers for it. I'm like really intrigued. It's like it's set in the 80s, but it's like filmed as if it was filmed in the 80s. Oh, that's cool. They have like all these film cameras and it doesn't seem it's not like digital or anything. It's like they actually got those cameras to make the movie. Mm, okay. uh, you should like watch the. I love the trailer for it because it looks like it was a movie that came out from the 80s and it's got yeah. all. Paul Giamatti, he's the only actor that I really know, but I'm really interested in it. Um, nice. I want to see. I kind of want to watch Dungeons and Dragons. That that's a really fun movie. I want to watch. I feel like I'll like it's it. It's like out on streaming. Yeah. Um, Past lives. I want to see. I I want to see the new Mission Impossible. I'm sure it's fun. I'm not like <laughs> blowing my mind over it though. Um, I'm really. I'm not even gonna bother about... with Indiana Jones. I want to oh, watch Infinity yeah. Pool too. Oh, yeah. I've heard mixed things about it. It sounds cool. I want to see it. I'm really curious about Napoleon. Yeah. Ridley Scott with the Walking Phoenix. Ridley Scott has had a lot of misses lately, but um, it's been a while since he's worked with with Walking Phoenix, and Walking Phoenix usually like carries every movie that he's in. Oh, I need to watch Blackberry. That's another one. You haven't seen Blackberry? No, yet? I really want to. Oh my gosh, that's definitely a favorite of mine. Yeah, this year. someone told me they were like, "It'll probably be your favorite." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to see it really bad. It's really, really good. Um, I think that's it. Uh, Poor Things, Yorgos Lanthimos' uh, new movie. Yeah, 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 that is supposed to be cool. That's uh, I love Yorgos Lanthimos, even though I can't pronounce his name. I loved the favorite. I need to return to the lobster and like, cause I didn't know what I felt about it the first time I watched it, but I loved the favorite. And yeah, uh, I'm favorites really, awesome. I'm really oh, and killer things. The killer, uh, David Fincher. Oh yeah, that's this year. A lot of good ones. Wonka. Oh my god. I don't care about Wonka. I'm not seeing it. I Wonka. Watching the trailer for that made me question whether Timothy Chalamet is a good actor or not. He's a good actor. He just can't do whimsy. He can't do He can't be Wonka. whimsical. He's not a whimsical actor. Yeah. He should not be trying to do like a <laughs> a, a Wonka type performance. Because Wonka isn't complete. He's not all whimsical. He's yeah. also like mysterious and like very, you know, very weird. Yeah. Well, it's like he's trying. I feel like he's trying to be like a young Gene Wilder or something. And it, it yeah. just feels really not great. Yeah, he's an amazing actor, but like that's just not a good. He's he's not like I don't think he can be amazing in everything. Yeah, you know I don't think he should be cast in a role like that. You know. Yeah, I feel like they were just like he kind of looks like a young Gene Wilder. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I guess he's skinny and um, lanky. Yeah, 
But speaking of amazing, uh, Cade, the Tortured Crossing, directed by Neil Breen. Oh yeah, <laughs> I need to watch that. Yeah, me too. Although I didn't watch um, Twisted Pair before that, I need to watch that because uh, apparently that's the sequel to it. Yeah. Um, what else is this? Cob Cobza. Why Cobza. do I have that in my watch list? It's got like terrible ratings. Why? Why do I want to watch this? It's like an Indian film or whatever. Uh, I I think it says it was 2022, but maybe that's when it released in like France or something. But oh. there's um, sorry, uh, go ahead. But uh, there I was a movie more. in 2012 called Ernest and Celestine. It's a French animated movie about a bear and a mouse. They just want to be artists and hang a out. Cocaine bear. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, but it's a it's an incredible movie. It has like a water style animation. It's gorgeous. I I adore it. It's so good and cute. And I guess there's a new one. They making they're making a, a they made a sequel to it apparently. Nice. Um, Letterbox says it came out in 2022, but when I went and saw The Wind Rises in theaters, I saw a preview for it. So I'm like, maybe it only is getting like released hmm. here. I, I don't I don't know if it like is a delayed release in America or whatever, but. Um, and I guess I don't know if that would count as a 2023 movie then, but I want to see that as okay. well. But yeah. Oh, two more things I just thought of. Yeah. One, we were talking about this before, but Wes Anderson has like a bunch of short films oh, that are yeah. being released on Netflix pretty soon. So, and they're all like a uh, Roald Dahl uh, adaptations. So, uh, I'm curious about that. Um, and also, there's a documentary coming out called Still. And it's about Michael J. Fox. Oh. Um, so I saw a trailer for that. It's going to be on uh, Apple TV Plus. And uh, I'm really curious about that. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I've always I've always appreciated uh, Michael J. Fox. And I've been curious about his story because I know yeah. that he, you know, he got, uh, what was it? Um Parkinson's was it Parkinson's? Something like I don't remember. Where he's basically like kind of like paralyzed. Yeah, um, I know it's something like really bad. Yeah, he's been like in recovery for it, but I've never known his story with that whole thing. So I'm really curious. So uh, yeah, still directed by Davis Guggenheim. Great name. <laughs> uh, that's all I can really think of yeah same there's also the star wars uh holiday special documentary oh yeah Um, i guess there's that that'd probably be kind of interesting a disturbance in the force is it being put up by disney or is it like someone it was like uh, actually gonna show how awful it was it was like released in like some film festivals so okay i don't know i didn't know if that was gonna be like a disney plus thing and i'm gonna like treat it like oh look how like we were just it's not it's not made by them that's for sure um so i'm like i want people to i want people who ever make a documentary about that to be brutally honest (laughs) yeah how horrible it was yeah yeah it'll be something like that but yeah killers of the flower moon yeah cool that's about it Sorry, we we went a while just talking about movies we want yeah. to see. Well, the stuff I've seen, I'll just go over it real quick. Um, I won't go in depth about each one, obviously, because we don't have better time. Better not. But I've only seen ten movies this year. I'll just go in descending order. Um, I have seen. Oh yeah, that's what we. Were I've seen seven about really great movies this year and three horrible movies. It's <laughs> not much in between right now. No gray. So areas. starting from number ten, uh, The Flash. Horrible. Number nine. <laughs> Ant-Man 3. Horrible. 
Number eight, Mario Bros. movie. Horrible. It's yeah. like fine for kids. It's fine. Like I my nephew loves it. It's cute. I'm not offended by it, but I, I just found it. Like it. I found it incredibly I love Mario. I'm a Nintendo freak, but I, I just didn't care about it. I thought it was a little grating. And mm-hmm. uh, it looks fine. Uh then Guardians of the Galaxy three. Then Asteroid City. Mm-hmm. Then John Wick Four. I'm sorry, I know. I'm putting John Wick over the Wes Anderson movie. John Wick 4 was awesome. I don't care if I'm a normie for that. It's okay. Um, Number (laughs) four is Barbie. Number three is Into the Spider-Verse. Number two is Knock at the Cabin. Number one is Oppenheimer. Hmm. So that's my list right now. I have, hopefully we'll double that list before the end of the year at least. I feel like a lot of years have been watching like 30 to 40 new releases in this year. It's like so much less, but... Yeah. It's been a video game year for me. That's like all I've done. I've watched I've not watched as many movies as I usually do over the past few years. You've been a busy boy. But I also am in a very dedicated relationship and moved and switched jobs and Don't got had a time lot of had a lot of intense movies. things. I ain't got time. Nobody got time but for yeah. that. Well, I'll just share a few of mine. I don't want to like completely spoil my end of the year list yeah mine will probably change a lot so yeah i guess starting from the bottom now we're here bo's yeah bo's afraid even though i have complicated uh, what's your least favorite right reactions now? no it's just like at the i'm just mentioning like the more notable oh okay ones. it's yeah. not my least favorite i'll i'll share my least favorite <laughs> later but um, if you watch knock at the cabin that'll be your least favorite I guess I don't know. I guess I'll have to watch. I think it you'd like it. I don't know why. I have I a don't feel. Think I will. I think you would like it. <laughs> I'm gonna go into it not wanting. I understand to like why it. you didn't like old. I think Knock at the Cabin you would at least find quality in. We shall see. Like message wise too. <laughs> but anyways, Bo's afraid. I want to watch it again uh, just to yeah. solidify my. Feelings. I gotta watch it. I can't watch it with Abby though. Yeah. She. I just know that's like she would hate it. It'll like. She'll her mind. She just doesn't explode. do like the artsy fartsy stuff at all, and I don't blame yeah. her at all. And it's I'm, also I'm not very, gonna I'm not gonna subject her to it's it. It's also very anxiety inducing at times too. Yeah. So, uh, and then I would say um, there's a mini series from H on HBO called Love and Death with um, oh yeah uh, Jesse Plemons and uh, Elizabeth Olsen that I really enjoyed, and then uh, mm-hmm. Blackberry, and then Asteroid City. Even though I have complicated feelings about that movie too, yeah. and then Guardians of the Galaxy three, nice, and then Across the Spider Verse and Oppenheimer are currently tied. Rad. So we'll see how I feel at the end of the year. Tune Speaking in of Spider Verse, I, I don't know. What? How, I don't know how much longer this will extend this podcast. What? what? But <laughs> I guess just as a closing thing, a closing topic. What's your opinion on them like patching? a bunch of stuff in Spider-Verse, like post-theatrical release. Have you been seeing that? No. They're cha- they've been changing, like reanimating and like changing visual stuff for a lot of the movie, like after it released. Huh. And it's, I kind of don't like it. I They're, heard rumors that like people were like noticing different things in their theater. Yeah. Experience. There was like one theater would have like a character that like my, it started with that, but now it's like, Oh, during this scene, now this is different. And or, this thing is removed. And there was like one scene with spider punk where during his like canon event thing, they showed like a comparison and I just felt like they like changed his look for that scene. And I just felt like it looked way worse. 
Like huh. it, originally it was like very like lit and purple and he was like had all this like punk goth makeup on and like lipstick and all his piercings were like glowing and then they changed it to like this bright orange light. He has like no makeup on, you can barely see his piercings. And I was just, mm-hmm. it just felt like they've made it look visually a lot worse and they just altered a lot of things. I'm like I kind of don't like that, especially for mm-hmm. animation. Like yeah. where you like your animators worked hard enough already, like where are you making them like change your movie right again. yeah like everyone already lo- everyone movie. loved it like no one wanted you to change anything <laughs> i just feel like they're the trying to like movie. george lucas it a bit yeah you know? i'm normally not and, a fan. and now the theatrical version is like basically lost media for a lot of people like because yeah. they there was like a thread of everything they changed they like i mean it's i don't know if i would actually notice if i just rewatched it at home yeah see that's the thing but is that but would... seeing the comparisons now it's like i won't be able to not really think about it now i feel yeah, I would have to rewatch it and just like see how I feel, and if I, I probably am not gonna notice anything. Yeah, unless... it's like scenes, like some scenes remove like text box splashes or something. It's yeah, like, if it's like so it's very much weird. of an egregious change that it's yeah, like I don't worse. think it ruin. I don't think it's anything that would ruin the movie, but I just I don't like that as a practice. Like knowing that is like a. I wish I just didn't know it. Cause yeah, if I I'm normally it... not a fan of uh, quote unquote George Lucasing movies. Yeah. Seems like they're visually, they just visually changed a lot about a movie that people already like love. It's different if it's like, uh, like say, you know, Christopher, we were talking about Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Sometimes his movies are are notorious for having like bad sound design. Yeah. And then you fix that, which by the way, I guess we didn't mention that. I heard that about Oppenheimer too. I didn't have a problem with it in Oppenheimer. Me neither. Like at all. Yeah. But like, say with like Dark Knight Rises, people complained about. That was bad. Yeah. The preview. Bane's voice and such. But then they, you know, they changed it for like the DVD and Blu-ray release. Did you see the preview in theaters when it came out? Because I remember seeing that preview and I, I was one of the people that was like, I didn't hear anything in that. I don't remember ever having. They def any they definitely problems. changed it for the release, but I I remember yeah. when they showed that and I was like, man, I couldn't like hardly understand anything. Yeah, I don't remember that. having a problem when I I watched <laughs> when Dark Knight Rises came out. I I saw it like three or four times in the theater. Yeah, honestly, uh, I, I loved it. When it came much out. Hyped. Yeah, I was very much hyped on it. Were you so time. young and full of joy? Yeah. Bliss. I did. I thought you were gonna say something else, but whatever. I'm beans. not gonna say. <laughs> You're just so full of beans. Full of beans. Um, but yeah. yeah, if it's like something like that, then I understand. If it actually helps the experience for yeah. like a legit issue. That's different. But it's just like, uh, actually, I want Spider Punk to look different now. Yeah, if it's scene. just like it's little like, no. minor details that don't really matter that much, then why? Yeah, but especially because it's like. We kind of know the animators were a bit overworked now, so knowing that they're like having them patch the movie after it, the theatrical run is just kind of yeah. weird to me. I'm like, work on your next movie, like, right? Just put put out a movie and be fine with it. Yeah, like every, there's, I feel like that's an issue now. It's like video games kind of have this video game. It, did I say video games the first time? Movies have this very video game like aspect where they'll like put it out and then they'll the director will like or visual effects people will fix stuff and then they'll like sneak it out in theaters and people will be like, well, look like all this stuff is different now. And then the DVD and Blu-ray come out and a bunch of other stuff is different. Like and errors were fixed. And um, I don't know. I just feel like movies get like updates now. And I think that's kind of, yeah, with video games, it's a little different. It makes sense Um, for video games because, well, it makes sense, but I don't, you know, cause like a Nakey Jakey has made this point before how like, he's like discouraging people to pre-order games because I totally agree. It's like, 
video game developers have now gotten lazy where it's like oh we need to have this game like released like around this time yeah like, well the developer the developers aren't lazy it's the uh the companies that put a deadline on them oh yeah sure yeah, yeah. And then so the they're like oh we'll just like, release it and then we'll yeah. just uh you know fix it you know with uh updates and such and then they print the disc and then they have to basically keep finishing the game and then the rest of the game comes out on an update right know? yeah so that's a bad practice and that's just because of uh deadlines and not and games are too expensive to make and take too much time yeah and, and with across the spider-verse it just kind of seems like the directors are like it's like the movie was like fine. Eh, i like, want to change this yeah. i don't like this it's like, uh, i don't want i don't want the the goth punk like, character to have lipstick yeah, in this scene. You it's already like, blew our minds with this movie. Yeah, like, you exceeded the first one. I think with it just all the stuff. I think the only reason it kind of bothered me was because I saw a comparison shot of the Spider Punk thing, and I was like, it just looks worse now. Yeah, I feel like I don't want to see that now. Yeah, I, I don't want to see. Maybe that in motion, like it don't want it be as be drastic, ruined. but I'd rather just watch the movie again. Yeah. And then maybe later, like, check out the comparisons. Yeah, I wouldn't, like, ruin it. I wouldn't be like, oh, a horrible movie now. Like, Ugh. it's probably, it's definitely still just as good because the movie, the core of the movie is still there. But it's, yeah. I, I, lo- I went through the thread. It was just shocking how many, like, changes they made. That's crazy. And I don't think I would notice it. But now that I know about it, it's going to bug me. Like, I'll, like, think about it while watching it again. Yeah. But I don't think it would ruin it. I wouldn't lower my score for it, obviously, because it's not the movie, like, the people's fault you know it's it's just bizarre it's just a weird thing that is very weird especially for an animated movie where it's like that's kind of the point like people love the visuals of it and now they're altering the visuals so obviously a lot of fanatics are going to notice differences and be like what the heck you know so that's very weird don't know why they it's not like oh no we have to edit out a boom mic in this one shot (laughs) yeah which I still am kind of on the just side of. Just for the live love. action scenes with uh, Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just in like live, it's like different with like live action movies because you change something like that and no one cares. But it's like animation. The point of it is the visuals, and if people love yeah. it and you change it, like people pay attention to visuals way more in animation, so they're gonna notice stuff like that more. You know, they just must be just like major perfectionists. That or it's like they're making the third one and they didn't plan it out and now they're trying to fix consistencies so that it lines up with the next movie better or something. I don't I know. I don't know. Because I heard they didn't really like finish. They hadn't like finished writing the third one when the second one was made or something. So huh. I don't know. I, I don't like. It's Very not really weird. that big of a deal to me. I just find it really interesting and a little annoying. I'm like, mm. just like leave the movie alone. It's fine. We should just boycott the next one. And now it's just like, man, the <laughs> version we saw in theaters, like, we'll never see again, technically. Which well, isn't that big deal because it's just like, t- it's really just touch ups. At like least we have a story movie. to tell. Yeah. It's like, I saw the original version. I saw the original no one can see anymore. where the lighting was orange instead of blue. You know, but <laughs> interesting yeah. topic. Just think it's interesting because yeah. it's common. Like, it used to just be you'd get a director's cut and then, like, a, a real director's cut. Like, like Blade Runner. You got like four different versions of that movie. It used to be oh, a new version came out, but you still have the original. And now it's just like during a theatrical run, they'll put out a new version. And then instead of having like yeah. a few different versions that you can kind of like have fun looking between, it's like, no, this yeah. is the one that we want you to have. And <laughs> the other ones don't exist. Yeah. It's like everyone hates that about like the original Star Wars movies, you know? So yeah, it's like impossible to, or even like the Evil Dead thing, where the original Evil Dead had a bunch of errors, and people kind of like seeing those mistakes. And in the new version yeah. that's distributed, it's all edited out, and it's kind of lame. Uh, you know? 
So it's the dead pixel. I like I like seeing. Oh wait, no, that's not not that. Just stuff like you can tell the moon is fake, or you can see no, like, the crew off camera. Movie. Oh, yeah. you're thinking of that zombie movie? Yeah, the Zack Snyder one. <laughs> yeah, I mean he'll leave that in because he. I mean, at least to his credit, he's just like, well, yeah, it's a flaw, but whatever, I'll keep it in. <laughs> I don't if, like I don't like him as people a, watch the movie. I don't like him as a director, but I think like as a guy, he seems chill. Sure, yeah, and, you know, you could probably say. I about think I get why people anyone. like like him, but I don't. I don't like his stuff. Yeah, his his fake Star Wars movie looks kind of bad. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, sorry, Matt Cotton. We know that you love everything. Maybe it'll be does. cool. I mean, it looks better than anything he's made in forever. But I didn't know that he was doing that. Or his best I movie forgot. is The Legend of the Guardians, The Elves of Gahul, and no Zack Snyder fan ever brings it up in conversation. That's Zack Snyder? Yeah, the owl movie is him, and that movie's awesome. I thought that was like the but, same guy who did Half a <coughs> Feet or whatever. No, no, that's uh, George Miller, dude. Oh, yeah. George Miller made Happy what Feet. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> These um, directors making movies. Right? Weird that was George movies. Miller, right? You know, I think you're right. I'm gonna look I need to look it up. I know the Happy Feet's like a weird it's like <laughs> why did he direct that kind of director? Yeah. Yeah, it's George Miller. Okay. Yeah, I Mad Max seen... guy made Happy Feet. That's funny. Um, but yeah, the Owl I movie seen the Snyder. Of the Guardians in a long time though. I remember the Owl City song. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. That movie's awesome and I, I actually really like it. I need um, to rewatch it. I remember Jeffrey Rush plays one of the owls. Yeah. It's cool, um, and every time Snyder fans like geek out about his movies, I've never heard a single one of them mention it. And I'm That's like, funny. why? I forgot. It's his. He did it's it. like the best thing he's ever done and will ever make. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> his a uh, Dawn of the Dead remake, whatever, is pretty good too. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not talking about Zack Snyder. <laughs> 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 sorry. That's okay. Well, okay, so. Um... It's your turn for recommendation. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll recommend an album I've been jamming out to a lot. Because okay. um, I can't think of anything else. Uh, I'll recommend Expert in a Dying Field by The Beths. <gasps> the Beths. I know a Beth. Yeah. Is she one of them? Probably. Probably. Uh, Came out this year. No, wait. This is 2022. What? Huh. I thought that came out this year. Mm, well, Time whatever. I'll sure still, flies by. I'll still recommend it. Yeah, I mean, recommendations don't have to yeah. be from this. Year. I was just thinking of like, oh yeah, this is gonna be one of my favorites of this year, so like, I recommend it. Oh okay, yeah, because my I think last I thought it came out this year. Talking heads. <laughs> I thought it came out this year because I was with someone at a record store and they got it and they're like, oh yeah, this is the newer Beth's album. Huh. So well, I thought they meant new, like newer. it just came out, but it was their they new, new. It was their newest one. Liar! But it's super good. It's awesome. Uh, What's it like? What it's like it's sound? oh hi Watson. <laughs> he just kind of it's got tinges of folk here the and there, but it's pretty ro- it's pretty rocking album like indie rock jam female vocalist. Uh, it's just fun. Nice. This is a really fun upbeat album. Okay, Beths are really cool. I found them because of Abby, but apparently they're just like a super niche like hipsters love them kind of band. So sure, um, Rap Boys had a new album too that's really good. But yeah. Yeah, Watson. but yeah, uh, the best expert in design field. I've been listening to it a lot, and it's awesome. So cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's fun. I bet you jam with it. It's cool. Yeah. How does it feel to be an expert in a dying field?
for that, Mitchell. You're welcome. Um, I don't know if you remember, because we talked about this before, what we're going to do for our next episode. Yeah, just like a... Just a wait, wait, wait. I got to lead up to it. Oh. Okay? I have to lead the audience up to it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, Watson's I'm like... sticking his butthole in your <laughs> microphone. He likes to get up on my couch and like rub himself all over it. It's like a thing dogs do. Why are you rubbing yourself they, all over? Like, oh, he he's like holding your blanket everywhere. with his mouth. What are you doing? He's making a little nest. You're not doing in. anything naughty, are you? Watson? No, he's not. He's he's making a nest. Okay. <laughs> you better not be. Because you kind of, <laughs> nope, I think you are trying to. So please get off my <laughs> My God. <laughs> what are you doing? You're ruining the get moment. off. Anyways, so we have a special announcement to you guys. Art, stop. Okay, get off. Stop. I don't want you tearing up my blanket. Now he's just biting the couch. <laughs> hey, go on. Okay. <laughs> Be naughty. <laughs> Be a better Christian dog. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so our next episode is actually going to be our 50th episode of the Podwood Forecast. It's half of a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. right. Um, and that wow, is... Wow, 50 years of Podwood Forecast. <laughs> that's crazy. 50 years. Mm. Um, so, and that's... Um, I've counted all the episodes, and the recent episode that we did where it was the lost episode and we released two versions of it, I'm just counting as one. So technically the next episode is going to be our 50th episode. Yeah. Also not including the trailer episode that we have too. So, um, so yeah, uh, we just decided, um, uh, well, I suggested to Mitchell and he liked the idea that our next episode is just going to be an episode about nothing. Yeah. Nothing in particular, I mean. Like we're just gonna, just gonna we're just gonna chat about like whatever comes to our minds. We'll probably do some like housekeeping <coughs> and yeah. yeah, we'll do housekeeping and you know, answer any questions that you guys might have. Um but uh, otherwise it's just gonna be a kind of like unplanned episode. Yeah. Where we just talk about whatever we want to talk about. Which will be very easy for us. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we kind of sometimes do that anyway. I mean, yeah, we'll like have episodes before we even record, basically. Sometimes. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So. Yeah, it's what we do in normal life. Yeah. And it'll kind of harken back to the like early days of Podwood Forecast, where we just kind of talked about whatever. Yeah. So, um so yeah, this will be a great opportunity for you guys to leave a question or whatever that you have in the in our question thread in our Facebook community. Or, you know, you can always leave a question like on our YouTube video. Um Yeah, what if we um you can edit this out if you don't like this idea, but my if it's an episode about nothing, but what if um I mean, we probably wouldn't be able to get enough questions anyway, but I'm like, what if randomly throughout the episode we drop a, we answer a question from someone? Oh, yeah. It's like if we have like a few questions, we can make it like a half somewhat loose Q&A. It's like, all right, let's answer a question. Yeah. I'm running out of things to say. We'll I mean, that. I don't know. I say we just we just don't plan it. We yeah. just kind of just be yeah, loosey-goosey. Yeah, true. I like that. We'll let's see. Let's do it. See what happens. We'll see what we shall see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tune in for that. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun episode and, uh, yeah, 
We're going to talk about the state of the roads in Illinois. We're going to talk about gun control. Gun control to major talk. <laughs> Which is actually uh, kind of a topical thing today, but we're not going to actually talk about that. It's I'm a just topical thing today? Yeah, the whole thing happening in New Mexico. The you haven't heard now? about that? I have no idea. Oh. I don't pay attention to anything. Oh, well, in New Mexico, they've made it illegal for anyone to like conceal carry a gun. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, I was just referencing that old joke that I made in the last episode that made you laugh really hard. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then after that, we'll have like a normal episode, whatever. But uh, thanks, guys, for supporting us for all these 50 years. It's been so long. Um, can't wait to record the episode. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How do we want to end this episode, Mitchell? We don't. We just go on forever. Just leave five hours of silence after this. <laughs> Everyone listening is like, oh my gosh, yeah. Wh- why didn't I see that it, the time for this episode is infinity? Why is this episode like, why is the length like Breaking off the side of my screen, yeah, it's like and just leaving. It's like when you're watching a live stream, but you're like five minutes behind, and it's just it's like the going. final boss of Tears of the Kingdom. Anyone who knows, you know. I don't know <laughs> exactly. You know what? Never mind. We're ending the episode. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Podwood Forecast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe. And if you'd like for us to give you a shout-out on the show, be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And also feel free to look in the show notes for links to our social media, our Twitter and Facebook. And as always, stay beautiful, and thanks for listening.